we. Oh yeah, this is fire. All right, we got everybody here. Y'all can talk. You can, yeah, you can, you can converse amongst yourself. I'm making sure. I'm just making sure the Twitch stream is on point. Ooh, the people need this in their life. Man. Yeah, we should be Gucci. Yep, yeah, there we go. Right there. Okay. All right. Oh, we in here. Okay, cool. All right, listen. It's 8.30. You know what I mean? We're live and direct. Um... Um, X, go ahead and sound test. Yeah, we should be good. Oh, uh, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Bet. Uh, Reggie, let me get you. Sound test it. Okay, Jazz. You can hear me? Yeah. Jocelyn. Hey. Jocelyn, okay, I can hear you. Tabby, let me get you. What's up? Darrington, you can wait. Lex. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> And Darren, to go ahead. He don't say anything anyway. Yeah. All right, cool. We ready. All right, listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode two of the Black Table. Um, uh, like uh, most of you guys uh, know, uh, this this one is pertaining to uh, our queens, the beautiful black women. Um, last week, we actually, uh, we actually, our final question uh, was really our final issue that we wanted to talk about was really of of how the black woman. Um, has been left out, how the black woman seems to be last uh, and or bottom on the totem pole, um, and what we as black men can do uh, to be more supportive uh, for our black woman. Um, I don't know who's got something going on in the back, but you about to get booted. Um, secondly, um, for us, man, this is it's absolute honor, man. Uh, obviously, uh, shout out to Ian and, and, uh, and Ty. They're, uh, <laughs> they're both gone right now. They might log in a little bit later. Um, but, but with us, we have, uh, four amazing, powerful, uh, young Queens that decided to grace us with their presence. Uh, I'm going to go down the line and let them just kind of introduce themselves, you know, let you know where they're from, what they're about. And then we'll hop into this thing. We'll start with Jazz. Go ahead. Hi, hi, I'm Jasmine. I'm from Blue Ridge, Texas. Um, almost 24 in eight days. And, um... <laughs> Um, I'm a 72 kilo power lifter for three, almost four years, and beautiful black queens all day. Oh my god! <laughs> Next up, we have Jocelyn. Go ahead, you got the floor. Hey, uh, I'm Jocelyn. I am a cheer coach. I get to work with LS, so I'm super excited to be a part of this tonight, and you know, just connect with people. Uh, 25 years old, originally from New Jersey, and now living in Texas. Oh, Jersey. Jersey, stand up. Next up, we have the queen. It's really, really like we all answer to her. Miss Tavia, go ahead. You got it. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm Latavia Bowens. I'm a senior director at the telecom firm. Um, I am 40 years old, so uh, I don't know how young that really fits me anymore. Uh, I, I still turn up like I'm 24. Get out of here. I do go to bed by 9. <laughs> so turn up at 8.30, bed by 9. <laughs> Last but not least, we have Lex. Go ahead, girly. My name is Alexis. I am 25 years old from Fort Myers, Florida. I'm an athletic trainer. That's where I met Alex and Jocelyn while I was working. Um, so I'm an athletic trainer, and then I'm an 84-plus pilot. So I've been piloting for about a year and a half now. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I feel bad, Jocelyn. I didn't tell you that you would be a bunch of, with a bunch of lifters, but you know, it's all good. You'll figure it out. We got it. Um, out the gate, man. Um, like I said, I definitely want to make sure that that I mean, I I I thank you guys for for joining us yet again, um, fellas. You know, it is what it is. Um, this is one that I know we were kind of excited about just on on our side when we were kind of discussing, you know, bringing bringing some um, some ladies in to to really let you guys kind of have the floor. Uh, the hardest part, you know, um, I guess from a black man's point of view, at least from me speaking personally, is just trying to figure out um, what and how you can be more supportive, um, you know, for, for not just black women, but women in general, um, just as a man, uh, the, I mean, I just, I feel like there's, there's always, a, you know, you feel like you do, you do, you do some, but you can always do more, you know, and, um, along the lines of just supporting, you know, and, and, and people that receive report, I should say support and, and people that don't, uh, receive the support that, that, um, we've, uh, kind of discussed over the, the last few weeks that we, we feel that haven't received the support that they, they so rightfully deserve. Um, uh, the black woman definitely, uh, comes up number one, um, on that list. And so we really wanted to bring, you know, bring you ladies in to kind of, you know, let you have the floor and, and kind of speak on some of the questions that we have, um, as individuals also collectively. Um, so we'll try to hop into those real quick. Um, and, and basically how it rolls, man, if it rolls anything like it did last time, it's going to be uh, us pretty much, you know, like I said, giving you guys the floor, um, letting you guys, you know, say whatever you need to say, um, tackling the issues that you guys want to tackle. And at the end, if we have enough time, um, a lot of times people, they'll, they'll be logged on to the message board and they'll actually ask questions. And so uh, we'll try to answer those accordingly. So um, we will start. Well, we have so many questions. We will start with the the first question, um, uh, and again, some of you guys got uh, got some of the questions. Some of them you didn't, uh, but you know, whatever. We're gonna answer them as we go. Uh, the first question is going to be, uh, where do you feel the black woman is most underutilized currently? That is the first question. Well, you can go down the line. We're, we're just all ears. The question is, uh, where do you feel the black woman is most underutilized currently? Um, I think, I think they, I think people think of a black woman as ghetto, as like fake. Like they don't like, they just, they're just, when you see a black woman, they always be like, they always loud, they from the hood. Like they don't actually think what they go through to get like from like they what they go through in their situation. Like they always assume because people in where I live, I live in a white community. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, she's from the hood. She just moved to the city and I mean to the country and then they're like people don't understand black women. They just they just think like like whatever. Like I just don't I just don't like when people like assume stuff. And you know when people assume to make an ass out of you. I mean, like you're right. Right. But that's what I think like it just they just I just hate when people like just visualize like read us like a book like you don't know us like right. you don't know what we've been through like our background or like why why we're in there because people like for instance like if a girl was from the hood right. and then like they think oh she wear this and that and that but that's all she couldn't afford like true, true. she living it like it's just that's why I think we just they don't think we all we um we they think we just struggle too much they don't think we always go from the top like we're the 
where like the white people at. Like I'm not trying to be like like racist or whatever. I'm just trying to say like usually in society white people up there we down here. Like right. let's be real guys. So that's my opinion. Jocelyn, I feel like you have something oh. you want to say. Yeah, uh, yeah I kind of feel like you know from from my point of view, it, I think that's something you know that's important is that perspective is maybe you know that black woman that is in a position of power and you know you can kind of define power you know in different ways whether it's a role within an upper level role in a company you know an upper level role in society and just different things because i know a big thing you know that i learned very quickly is almost like that representation because as much as we talk about these days you know what everybody's been through to get to this point and how far we've come or how far we have not come, there's still that future ahead of us. And I think that's something that, why we are keeping this topic a lot, a lot, a lot, why we are pushing is because we want to better the future. We don't want anybody to struggle anymore. And I think, you know, representation has a very large part to do that because you can look at, you can look at anybody say like you know I want to be her or I even want to be him but if you could see somebody who looks like you it kind of makes more of that more of that connection like for me it's Sarah Banks you know yeah. so you know and so like that's just somebody that you know immediately comes to mind you know watching her show but then seeing her in society right and stuff like that Lex um, just to kind of piggyback off of both of them, the question that underutilized, where black women are underutilized, and I think just from what I've seen and my experience is in educational roles and teaching roles, you don't get a lot. You don't get to see a lot of black women in those roles, um, and I think when you have a, at least when I've had a black teacher, um, very rare have I had a black female educator. There's just so much diversity. There's so much across the board that black women can. But you don't see that. And I think um, Jazz made a good point talking about, you know, the black woman being, you know, viewed as being ghetto, okay? Uh, a black woman that has personality, a black woman that has, um, you know, character, it can easily be misconstrued as being ghetto or too loud or, you know, always negative connotations instead of being, you know, she has a great personality, she's very boisterous, you know. She's very outgoing. There's always negative connotations, and I think that's kind of what hurts black women in that setting as well. So is that, there's that double standard right. always. Tavia, you got it. I think that the good thing about this podcast is that you do have such a large age discrepancy between me and your other guests, because for me, I think the where black women are most underutilized would be in the corporate space. Okay. You know, so I think that for me, and I think this goes kind of back, ties back to what Jocelyn said, um, being the only in a corporate workspace is very hard, especially as a senior director, right? I'm the only in my entire company, 1,500 people in this meeting, right? So when I think about underutilization, you know, 35% of black women, you know, their managers don't promote them. Their managers, you know, over their male counterparts, right? Right. You have percent of black women that say, never had substantial conversations with their senior leadership. So I do make it a point, you know, because I've gotten so many emails when I when I took this role um, from young women and then black women, not just black women, but women in general too, 
that email me and like, congratulations, you know, would you mention me when we talk? And I think that that is something that our opinion has been devalued so much in the environment and environments that we come from that it does carry over into work sometimes. And so I think that that would probably be for me where we're the most undervalued because I can't say when I look at my demographic, um, we're probably the most outspoken on racial injustice and injustice period. Right. You know, so I can't say that like we're undervalued there. But in a, like almost in a day-to-day, it seems like in a day-to-day based yeah. off of assumptions, based off of just, you know, initial positioning, based off of just judging a book by a cover that's honestly read completely wrong, that the day-to-day, be it corporate, corporate America, be it, you know, uh, like, like, like I said, the, the classroom, um, educational roles, it seems like uh, it's in everyday day-to-day activity, which is, I mean, when it boils down, that's what it's about. Uh, the the black woman seems to be completely underutilized. So that's, I mean, and again, for, for, for us on this side, I mean, you know, I don't know, like, you know, what we had talked about just, you know, how more and more, I mean, it's obviously being talked about like the loss of, of the, the black man in the, in the loss of lives and everything. But then it's, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, regardless of what the tragedy is, at least historically speaking, there's usually said there. There's maybe a couple black men that that, that are killed. Um, there's usually a, a, a there's a black woman somewhere, you know. That's that's. Sandra, yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's weird, but it always seems to get. While it is, it's it's just as much of a tragedy. It always seems to kind of get overlooked. And how how one can be overlooked in terms of death, in terms of you know these gruesome ways that, that these women are dying is it's it's beyond me. But I mean, it seems to be such a, a, a ever-growing trend that just keeps repeating itself over and over and over. So, um, again, having you guys on here is, is this is like my brain is about to eat because uh, you guys are just feeding food. So I want to get to the, the next question. And, again, I'll, if at any point, if you want to – go ahead. If you think about it, black women are the minority in every space they enter except HBCUs and sororities. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and, and statistically speaking, they're the most educated – which is and yet most educated. In the the most educated of all. Like it's crazy. I mean it's, it's insane. Yeah, it is. That's black girl magic. The definition yeah. of black <laughs> black girl magic, for sure. Um ooh. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of piggyback off of uh fellas what we kinda of, uh touched on last week. Um but we I can we can get it from you guys. Do you feel that are air that uh, there are areas uh that black black men can be more supportive to you? Um, through are there are there areas that the black man could be far more supportive than he has been for the black woman? I'm not gonna go first, so you guys go first. <laughs> <laughs> I think my answer would have been very different twenty years ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, in college, right, I turned up. I didn't really see disparities, right? And now, right, I do have to, to relate it to experience and age. Um, I think that. Black men can be more vocal and more supportive of black women, especially in spaces where they're getting called whores and bitches and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see, it, it's just this interesting dynamic, right? Like you'll have a group of guys standing on a corner, just mm-hmm. in the corner, right? Be anywhere. And a girl will walk past and he'll be like, hey, little mama, first of all. My mom did not do that. Um, 
but also if she doesn't respond, he's like, well, yeah. and then yeah. it's just like, and then his friends don't say anything to check that. Like right. that's just a, like a minor example of it. But you can carry that example all the way through the work space. Okay. I think you can be more vocal and supportive of your sisters because we damn sure are vocal and supportive of you. Facts. That is super Ultron facts. Anyone else? Lex, like Lex got something she want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I like, this is an open table. Like, this don't is a, back. Yeah, just go. My, thing, my biggest thing was she hit on a lot of what I was, where I was going to go with this question. Um, and I think it goes both ways, too. Like, we're looking at black men, and a lot of times, I see a lot of black women speaking down on black men. Okay? And it's the other way around, too. I mean, even, I'm going to bring it up, even when you're dating, you know, in the black community, there's always some stigma that, you know, you don't want to be with a black woman because she's too loud, she's too crazy, she's too ratchet, she's too this. And then on the other hand, you know, with black women, they're like, you don't want to be with a black man, he cheat on you, he do this, he do it, they crazy. Like, it's, it's a whole list. <laughs> so when we're talking about what can we do to support each other, it goes both ways. Like, that mutual respect. Um, I'm big on not speaking negativity into the atmosphere because then now you're you're reaping, you know, you're taking a seed and you're planting that seed. Right. And that's how, you know, you have those things in relationships where church becomes an issue, you know. But as two people, as a black community, we got to support each other, lift each other up, be positive, and speak to each other. You know, use different terms. Like you said, when you introduced us, you called us queens. And we should be calling y'all teams, you know? That mutual respect is missing between us two. And we've almost made ourselves believe that one is less than. If a black woman, uh, black man saw me, I feel, oh, I feel a little intimidated because I feel maybe he's not interested in me. He right. might not be interested in me. He may be interested in the girl that looks a lot different than me, you know? So, you know, that's, that's just where, when you talked about, you know, people speaking up when somebody calling you out of your name, it's that respect. We just have to have more of I get what let you me, Let me ask this question because I, I get, me and my girlfriends talk about this a lot. For men, specifically black men, to say things like, oh, I don't want to be with a black girl because, or black woman because she's she's too loud or she's too, and then I, all my question is, do you feel that way about your mother? Because I have to think about that. But when I, one thing that I think there's a learned behavior. I rarely see women that grew up in two-person households with a mother and a father talk negatively about black men. If their father was a role model in their life, and even if they didn't grow up in a two-parent household, their father was acting, right? Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to talk shit about a black man if you had a black man in your life raising you. Mm -hmm. It's just difficult, Right. So I look at, I have friends right there that they don't have two-person households. They reckless at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you said reckless at the mouth? <laughs> they reckless, right? Like, but I always think about that, and I think that the dynamic of our, our, our just our culture and our neighborhoods have been decimated since 1967. Right. It's just, I think it's a reflection of right now. I win. Jocelyn, you got it. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I definitely, like, can understand, like, you kind of, I think in that retrospect, kind of what you were just kind of talking about, it's like, you learn how to love. And whether it's what you see or what you personally experience, it's going to affect you. And I think, like, that's something, you know, that I can turn around and, you know, I want to be a friend to everybody. Right. You know, and that's what my personality is. You know, I want to make you feel comfortable. I want to make you feel welcomed. I want you to feel of value, you know, whether we're working together or, you know, we're just kind of an acquaintance of that something. But as soon as it, you know, is somebody that might, you know, be interested in me, kind of like, you know, you pump the brakes a little bit and things like that. Because I know for me personally, it's like, you know there's only two outcomes. It's going to work or it's going to not. And right. unfortunately for me, you know, I've gotten to grow up with my parents, you know, and they're a great example. And, you know, and just to back you up, like, my dad is the man, you know, and, I, and you know, he, you know, he's a thousand miles away and he still can solve every problem, you know. Right. Like, nobody get on a plane some fix your tire, you know. You know, and so for me, you know, I just think like that's, you know, a perspective. And so you kind of almost hold people accountable to be that great. And it almost seems unrealistic because, you know, almost, you know, we talk about kings and queens and fairy tales, you know, he treated me like a princess. So that's, you know, what I know and all I know. And, you know, now fortunately, you know, that I've met someone now and it's kind of like, you know, it doesn't make me question that. And so, right. you know, and, and that and that happens to some people and, and it doesn't. And, and it, you know, and that's just kind of how things work out. But I, I definitely think that, you know, we, and it's kind of in like, you know, we are, we are some of our reactions right. in any perspective of anything. And I think like that's a big thing is kind of like, okay, this is happening to you. So now what kind of energy are you going to put into it? And, you know, that's going to be your result. And, I mean, we know that with, you know, all the things that we do. Right. Love and language are learned behaviors. Yeah, so, like, I agree with all y'all. Like, I've been writing notes because I won't forget. (laughs) So, so, like, to back it up, I think when a man treats a woman – like if, if a man if a man has a like if you guys have your dad in your life and like your whole life or like a, like most of your part you see how he treats his mother the man is going to act like his dad and treat another treat another woman because that's all you see like that's all you see like in, while you're growing up because like you see like some men treat women like really good like princesses like you were saying Jocelyn but um some men see their uh, dads treat their mama like shit. I mean, like, they cuss at them, they grab them, they hit them, they disrespect them, and they're like, they're going to do the same thing. So I'm saying, like, if you, people, people just, they, 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 when they see things, they do it themselves, which I'm like, man, if you really think that you should do that, like, think to yourself, like, you don't have to copy off your dad, even if it's good, like, you could do it your own way. Like, if you see your, um, your, um, your dad maybe, like, open the door for your mom. Like, you should do that, but, like, you can maybe, like, do more to make your, like, because, see, me, I was treated like a princess. Like, my, my dad, I'm his, I'm his, little, I'm his little girl, and I'm daddy's girl, definitely. So, whenever, whenever I, when I was around with Michael, like, I assumed he's going to be the same thing, but I can't 
based off of him. So see, like you said, it's both ways. Like right. I can't just say, hey, he had to treat me like this, but you don't know how he was raised. Like his, like his dad maybe treat his mom like good, but not as well as like my mom, my, my dad treat my mom. Because every night my mom, my dad uh, pours a glass to my, my mama because she had stress when he work. So like, it's just, I like expect that from him. But like, I can't say, hey, you should be doing that because he wasn't raised where I'm at. Yeah. Another thing I want to point out, I have seen so many things of his light skin versus dark skin. Guys, when guys say light skins are prettier, okay, hold on a second. I'm not, oh, Jocelyn, you're light skin. But I'm not saying, like, 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 you, like, I'm not saying, like, and I keep, no, I'm not light skin. I am red bone. Get it, get it. Her, get her. I'm about to, I gotta kick her off. I gotta kick her off. <laughs> anyway, like, I just don't like, I've had an issue when a man, like, I have a, I have a good friend that's dark skin. Uh-huh. She's, like, dark skin. And they was, and they told her, oh, she, uh, she pretty for a dark skin girl. I'm like, what does that mean? Right. Like, she pretty regardless. Everyone's pretty, even if they got something wrong with their complexion or not. Like, they pretty. But they be like, light skins, like, are nicer. They got fat asses. And they, and then I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm looking like, um, no, like every woman got their own shape and size and still beautiful. You what? I like those people. You need to get rid of those people for real. Like it, like it's just, I just, like I've seen so many cases because I would, I'm not considered light skin, but I'm not considered dark skin either. Like I'm like mental. So like it's just, it's, I just don't like when people like. I think dark skins are actually more pretty. Like they just, their complexion is gorgeous. Like I kind of make I, you mad I, how I, nice I, it I, is. Like, like every woman's pretty. Every right. Woman's pretty. But <laughs> like I said, I just don't like. I'm I'm just telling men don't judge a woman from her skin, like her skin, like a color, like not for black and white, like if it's light or dark, because don't like put like an emphasis on light skins are prettier and dark skins, dark skins are more louder. And like, like, I really say treat women all equally. Cause Man. what if you, cause what if you're dark skin and your mama light skin and then like, right. It's, it's just, I want you to like, it's just, it's really missed or even saying if they light skin, they mix with Hawaiian or white. I'm like, yeah. well, maybe she's got a light complexion. I'm like, it's just, it's just, it's annoying. But I'm just saying, men, true women are saying, even if they orange and blue, like, that's all I gotta say. Right. I think, Go ahead. No, I just think, like, well, kind of one thing that really sparked my mind and something, like, just, like, kind of, you know, being more attentive, I guess, and kind of reading into things, like, what you brought up is, like, for uh, whatever, like, those backhanded compliments. Mm-hmm. Basically, what it what it some double down to, you know, it's kind of like, you know, why, you know, why can't it just be you are pretty, not for this, or mm. you know, you did a great job for, but you know, I mean, like it it falls into a category, and I think I think that's when it comes to the big picture, you know, that sometimes it's like, oh, black people, blah blah blah, but then now it's like a whole other subcategory because you're already a little bit. You know, I don't ever want to say I'm lesser, but the statistics show that, you know, now that you're a woman, you're here, and now you're a black woman, right. you know, and so, like, that's what makes, you know, things different, and, you know, and I just kind of wanted to voice, too, that, 
you know, as much as people are what they see, you know, they're also, they are who they choose to be. And I think that's something that, you know, we're kind of going through right now. And even us being here is that place of growth and for that place for people to, you know, want to, you know, be, you know, who they want to be and not, you know, and stuff like that. So. Can I, can I tag on no, real quick? Please, please do, please do. Okay. Okay, so I just want to revisit that, you know, that light skin versus dark skin. Thing. Yes, ma'am, that, please that do. That trickles over into a lot of other things. Yes. Okay? Um, for years upon years, we have always been taught the fairer your skin is, the prettier you are. The straighter your hair is, the prettier you are. You know, all these different things that people have told us, it was to, to really target on our how we look, our insecurities as women. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I find myself so self-conscious and I'm like, the only reason I really feel that way is because someone told me this along the line that this is how they felt about this particular thing about me. So now I'm always thinking about it. And as women, we took that, people telling us, oh, you're, you're so dark, your hair's too short, um, all these other things that they said on us. And now to make our, ourselves feel better, we damage our own people. We're, you know, we're dividing ourselves amongst women saying, ooh, girl, little kids. It starts when we're little kids. Little kids in the playground. Ooh, you so dark. Ooh, your hair so short. Like, different things like that. Over time, we start believing and we start dumping it off on other people right. that may be, you know, in our eyes or in other people's eyes lesser than where we are because of our different features. So... Yeah, like y'all said, every every black woman is beautiful, no matter the the color, the hair length, the hair texture, whatever it is. That's all I had to get off my chest. I, I will I will add a little piece to that, um, and and not to to take away from what anyone said, um, just more in addition to. I'm glad you kind of brought that up, uh, Jasmine, in terms of just the skin color, um, the colorism, because. While we, you know, we, we do deal with racism, uh, you know, on a daily basis, even within the black community, we still have our, our, our bouts with colorism, you know, if whose shade is lighter, whose shade is darker. Um, a lot of people, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, don't understand a lot of that comes from, you know, as dumb as it's going to sound. And I encourage anybody that's listening, uh, you, it's, it can, it can easily be found. You can, you can Google it. Um, uh, but the brown paper bag test. Um, and, um, so a lot of that was, you know, as long as, as long as I can really remember, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always been something that was passed on, but in terms of brown paper, paper bag tests of those that, that don't know really what it's about was basically, it was, it was, uh, something done to pretty much separate, um, you know, darker blacks from, from lighter blacks. If your skin color was, uh, darker than a brown paper bag, then, um, you weren't, you weren't given a lot of the uh, the privileges that those that were lighter than the brown paper bag uh, were able to have. Um, and this is something that happened, you know, with it, it's been in the 20th century, but um, a lot of it, I mean, you know, can go back a little bit, uh, a little bit further in, in terms of those, those that were, those slaves that were a part of the, the plantation, those that were lighter, um, you know, there, there was a high, highly likely that, that may, maybe um, the, the slave owner was a dad and the, and the mom was white, the, the lighter the complexion, the closer they were to the house or they were actually inside the house, whereas the darker they were, they were further out in the fields, you know, so basically the darker you were, um, basically you were lesser than. So a lot of this colorism has been something that really has been 
honestly, as dumb as it sounds, just pretty much ingrained and trained into the black community um, from as long as we've been slaves. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those things I would encourage anyone. I mean, anyone can Google it. It's literally you just look up brown paper, black back and test and black skin. Go ahead. The house and field. Yes. The, they really like that. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, and and just to piggyback before we run on to the next uh, questions, because uh, I was taking notes too, or whatnot. Because there's a lot of a lot of different good points and whatnot. And specifically on the question we're saying, like you said about the vision and skin tones, it's been like that for a while, and and people don't think on that deep of a level to kind of like understand like that agenda is pushed very well or whatnot the divide amongst the black community when it comes to females and males. It doesn't matter. It can be simply a simple joke to us, but people that see it all the time, they're like, yeah, man, they don't get it as well just because black people, darker people are more aggressive, brighter people, mm -hmm. other pretty boys and whatnot and stuff like that. It looks, it seems so simple, but it becomes so natural over time mm -hmm. that we don't even think about the damage it does or the separation it causes or whatnot on the bigger scale. It just causes fuses between us all, and it can start out small, and it can spin out real quick, and someone can get real pissed, and it can go further than it needs to be, and it's so minimal and stupid. But we don't think about it that way because it seems natural. Yeah, um, because it's always known for so long. It's been going on so long. We just don't, people don't think that deep. Uh, another one was the, the, like you guys were all hitting on the qualities of women that we, black women that we see that get more praise from the black males that majority of the black female community don't really like, but it's accepted or whatnot. So let, like you're saying, um, Sometimes it's, it's glorified when girls act quote unquote ratchet or whatnot, and we don't like the our mom figure, or we don't we don't accept. We know what we grew up with. I know how my mom acted or whatnot. And it ain't shit like how most of the things are glorified now or whatnot. But right. it's glorified in media music right and everything that we soak in as a as a as a black community and a lot of that has to do with music and hip hop. We all know that and whatnot and certain things that are pushing glorified and I feel like we don't do enough as black men to glorify some of the 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 natural perspectives. So. so like when you say you look at like social media like music videos and all that you see like women like half naked shaking it and all that. Let me ask you this. Would you want your future wife to act like that? No. That's why I'm saying we do too much to big up that and we don't we don't do enough complimenting and, and glorifying the things that we really want or whatnot. It look nice. Okay, cool. Do you really want to see your girl out there shaking that ass on that video? Nah. 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 Well, here's the thing, man. And this is it's a bit of a... Uh, a there's, it's a, it's a, it's a two-lane highway as far as I'm concerned because you have lust versus love, especially in a man's mind, straight up. You know what I mean? So there's lust and there's love. Now, straight up, you see, you'll see a video of Vixen doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? You'll see a girl at a strip club doing whatever, and lust tells you that's what I want. 
You know what I mean? You see her on IG doing whatever. I mean, I mean, it, you see it every day, all day. Like you could, you could be putting up, you know, an amazing, you know, like let's say that you're putting up a PR total. It's it's damn near world record. You might get, you know what I mean, two three hundred likes. You know what I'm saying? You take a you take a shot in 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 your bikini or whatever. You probably gonna get damn near a thousand likes. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's 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 skin and sin over everything. You know what I mean? And so, you know, when you talk about you know lust versus you know lust lust versus love, like, yeah, like flesh tells you I want that. I want that video vixen. But you know what I mean? Like, you don't want. You can't take that. You can't take that woman home. Yeah, your mom ain't gonna want that woman home. You know what I mean? Like it's a fact. It's a fact. I mean, and and so yeah, like you know what I mean? So like, but but then when you, you know, it's it's as dumb as it sounds. I mean, it's as man as man can be. Like, I would I would sleep with that girl, but I would never take her home. That's I not the type of that's not the type change. of woman I would marry. You know what I'm saying? And women's in black black men's minds and black women's minds that actually do act like that. If they took some time and read about Sarah Barnett, come on now. I really think if you read yeah. about it, yeah. that, that, you would see why, where that shift needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is we have a generation. Um, it, it and it is unfortunate, right? There, there is a lost generation um, and a lost like this, where it was important, you know, to be a fireman. A policeman, even with everything's going on, uh, the, you wanted to be the president. You wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer. Now it's like I want to be an Instagram model. You know what I mean? So when it happened, and I feel like it was when we stopped teaching. Remember those Black History Month parades and what you had to do when you were little kids in mm-hmm. school? Yeah, they took off out of schools, so you didn't learn about the history of no. why that's not. Oh, why Luke could only be shown on BET Uncut at two a.m. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now you can see it everywhere. Why Nelly's tip drill couldn't be shown on Right. You know what I mean? Uh, Now you can see it everywhere. There there are no boundaries. I just feel Sarah Bartman. And I think that that at least thirty percent of the people would be like, Well, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. Far yeah, far less far less black education and and far less boundaries overall. So I mean I mean, exposure is too high. Now. Yeah, the exposure is it's, it's through the roof. Um, okay. Oh, okay. This is Darrington's. Darrington had a question, man. Like when, when I read that, by the way, Darren, I was like, "Ooh, I never even thought this is fire." Okay. Um, Darrington's question. It was really. It's not necessarily worded as a question, but it's more of just like kind of an, an open thought. Um, and it was. It's. It's as simple as like. Um, you know, I wonder. I wonder how the black man's experience with racism differs from that of the black woman's experience Ooh, with racism. That's a strong topic. Come through, Darrington. That is, I never thought, I never, okay, hold on, time out. So I have been, my, okay, I have a brother. I have a brother. He has dreads. Like, he used to have dreads, like long dreads, where he has to have beard, like, little, like, he's just, he, like, he homeless, like, lip like himself, get a woman on it, right? So he goes to he goes to Texas Tech. Like Texas Tech is one of those. Ooh. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's one of them. It's one of them white schools that you see the Ku Klux Klan walk across street type mm-hmm. of schools. So that's where I'm right. from. And know it very well. 
judge him of like they he he has a single single mama. He um he like fried chicken. Like he didn't like it's just they assume from what he looks like mm-hmm. he he does this. So like my brother, he um stood up when his teacher asked him, Hey, can I use you as like an example because of what's going on? He said yes, whatever. My brother don't care. So there was like what um do you think both his parents like everybody, his whole class, ninety nine point nine percent of his class is white. And he's the only black man there. And he said, they was like, Oh no, he don't got his own mom in his life. And daddy might be in jail. So and then he was like, What's his favorite food? And everyone's laughing, fried chicken. I'm like, Okay. And then so my my brother said, I have both my parents in my life since birth. Um, my favorite food is actually sushi. And then we um, don't live in the ghetto. We live in the country. So, like, we live in a nice house in a nice neighborhood. Like, it's just people assume that I think I think it's worse. I'm not going to lie. Straight up, it's worse with men. Because when you see a black man, they be thinking, oh, he's going to steal my purse. Oh, he about to um, st- um, rob this bank. He about to do this. Now, he he been in the slammer. He been in prison. And then uh, he got some crimes on him. But... I think a man is man is scared of getting stopped by a cop by anybody from anybody else. Like if you see, no black man has ever been scared of like driving past a cop and like ten stuff like he about to stop me. I'm about to go to jail. I'm about to be taped. I'm about to get shot. I'm about to die. I'm losing my family. Like no, every black man has felt that before. Like well, hopefully you have because if you haven't, you haven't like lived what a black person actually feels like. For women, I think women. They people look at them like, oh, she ghetto. She got like five kids. Oh, like she she a hoe. She always spread her legs everywhere. Like it's just people always assume mm-hmm. that we just always spread our legs to anybody. They never think that we can say no, or um, we um, always got weave in our hair. Like we always wear makeup and then happy nose. I have never wear weave in my head, but I don't know why where you tracks from. Like is this like? I can I, tell you. This shit's great. <laughs> 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 like it's just, it's just like, it's just I, like I think the black man got worse. Like my, like it's just like my boyfriend drives a like a like a like a like a bright car that's fast, and and he's nervous. He I get so nervous every time he comes home from work, and it's like I get scared because I'm like this is a a fast car at night, and the cops are everywhere to stop him. And it'd be random. He'd be like, "Or oh, you're going 20 miles over speed limit, but he was going to speed limit. Or yeah. he um, was going to see if that's his real car. Like, it's just, black men got it worse. Because, like, if you see, like, like Trayvon Martin, like, he was in this black hoodie, and he got, and he died. Like, you guys got it worse. I'm not going to lie. I feel, I just, I just pray to every black man that, I'm not saying don't go through this, but they see it. They'd be like, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to, like, stay safe, live, vote black be black, uh, pay my bills and just move on with life instead of being scared when I see a cop. Because it just, I feel scared. My brother has gotten so many times. He got stopped from a cop from like getting searched by his car for no reason. Like to see, oh, you were suspected with marijuana. For what? Like, it's just, I just feel, I just think those are, those are my two sides of racism with um, male and female in the black, in the black culture. So that's my saying. What you think, Lex? I think there's, there's there's two different there's a lot of different things I think plays into different factors that plays into how people oppress us as black women and black men. 
black men, I see a lot of it being more physical. I, as a man, you're already more threatening in the eyes of many than a black woman. You're more threatening as a black man. Okay? So, yeah. as a black woman, I think they kind of, like I mentioned earlier, they kind of oppress us by saying, you know, attacking how we look, our self-esteem, our self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about earlier in the workplace, you know, not promoting black women. They suppress us, or they oppress us in a different way. Mm-hmm. They keep us tied down in a different way. Black men, they're more of a threat. They're more aggressive, you know, like you talked about pulling a man over. You've already made it up in your mind that this is a man. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to be more aggressive than a female is. A female may get more warning than a black man. I mean, I, I think there's different factors, but just there's a lot going through my mind right now, so y'all bear with me. No, but you take your time. I just, think, I just think when you look at it, the black man will be more of the aggressor in situations, um, but the, the woman, they're going to find different ways to kind of keep you down. Because at the end of the day, when something happens to a black man, if they have their mother in their life, they're going to go back to their mother, the nurturer, the person that's going to protect them, keep them safe, be that, you know, that rational, that rational person in their life that's going to keep them grounded. If they break her down, our black man is going to get broken down too. So I think that's just the way, you know, we're going to take care of her. So when we do something with him, you know, the whole house just crumbles down, you know? If that makes sense, y'all. No, that, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That makes sense. sense. Johnson, you got anything? You know, it's covert versus overt, mm-hmm. right? So with black women, I think we see it more covertly, you know, unconscious bias. You have, um, else, um, you know, my impressions, you know, and then like Lex was saying about, you know, in the workspace, whereas black men, it is, it's, it's, clearly 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 overt you know know. and i think that goes to kind of you know it it unfortunately goes back to you know when we were first brought over here yeah you know when black men were sold they were sold as the bull right you know strong his strength right and so you're always physically going to you know it's always been physically you are like she said the aggressor so for you, there is no option for things to be overt. I mean, covert, you know, it's because it's in the open. Um, whereas black women, you know, people don't, you know, you're in at work and they'll just laugh it off or over, overlook mm-hmm. it until you get to a board meeting and they steal your idea or, you know, something like that. Right. So I think, like, unfortunately, it's historical in the context of how black men are treated in, in this country and not just this country, because I think people always assume that race is an issue or racism is an issue in America. Nah, buddy. It's just pretty much everywhere. Anywhere that a ship landed, mm-hmm. you got Facts. Yeah. Jocelyn, you got the floor. Yeah, I think, like, y'all really tackled the topic. Um, so I think, like, my only thing I would add in, I think kind of looking at, you know, both sides of it, is the bottom line is assumption and association. I think that's where a lot of issues stem from and I think for maybe the for the woman it's more assumption like you know we assume how she's going to act we assume how she's going to react we assume what she's going to be and what her role is supposed to be 
Um, and then the black man, you know, gets associated, like we've said, like being aggressive, being mean, being, you know, power in a negative light. And, you know, and that's just something that, you know, and I think, you know, we want to talk about trends that are happening. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed, you know, from my circle that's in social media is people growing and learning about their unconscious bias. Yeah. I think, you know, for those that are maybe taking a backpedal on the true, how can I help? It's recognizing what they're guilty of in their personal bias. I wonder when you all go from being cute little boys to threatening, you know, because there is a shift in your, 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 once you turn a certain age, now you become threatening because prior to then you're this adorable little boy. And then you make right around junior high, man. Right, I think at least as far as I, I, I know my treatment was different. Like right when I, you know, when you get out of elementary, you know what I mean. You start working your way, you know, toward middle school, junior high age. Um, you know what I mean. I think after ten, that's once things things start changing for sure. Um, because you, you know, it's it's really a kind of a two pronged thing. I mean, for for the woman, it's you know, you. It's just weird. It's like actions done, you know, out of either fear on the male side or disdain on the female side. Um, that's it. Um, so I don't know, and I don't know, you know, when it happens. I mean, I mean, you know, if like I said, we we talk about my our parents and everything. Like as far as dad is concerned, you're always gonna be his little girl, no matter how old you get. You know when. When mama sees you as her son, you're always going to be mama's boy as long as, you know what I'm saying, as long as you walk the earth. I mean, it's like that for me now. Like, I mean, I still, I still answer my mama like, I still, I still have, when I go home and visit, it's nine o'clock curfew, just like it was when I was in school. So, um, it's one of those things where like, while you, you never really change in the eyes of those that love you, um, outside of, outside of your, your, your family circle, I, I do believe around 10 10 like on, on, on both sides around 10. Like, I mean, cause you, you know, you stop looking the same. You don't look like a little boy anymore. You're not shaped like a little girl anymore. Um, you start, you know, coming into your own. So, um, I feel as appearances change. So does the view of the, of the, the, the cuteness and the, the, the innocent look. Um, it just, at least as far as I, me and my sister, that's when I mean, things started changing for us was, you know, I mean, around 10, I mean, just, I mean, physically you start changing. You don't look like a little kid. You don't have the chubby cheeks and all that anymore. Like, you you know, you start, you know, growing into, you know, whoever, whomever you're going to end up being. So, um, and I, that's just weird. I mean, because, I mean, it's everybody, everybody's cute till, you know, till they're a threat. Um, that's crazy. Um, oh, got a question for you. Who are your black heroes? We can't use Tyra again. So... <laughs> who are who are your black heroes? Uh, okay, I'm gonna say uh, Serena Williams because she she is a black woman who who's been through a lot, and then where and then now she's like everybody like she is a very strong woman. Indeed. Strong. And like she 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 like she doesn't really care of what she wears. She says she looks good at anything. Right. Me, 
I don't look good in anything. I, I got some strong shoulders and I don't look good in a dress. So, like, y'all, that's why I gotta mute myself. Like, like it's just she, she like me. I don't. I'm not a like a super girly person because mm-hmm. I because I was I was wearing sports. I was wearing wear basketball shorts, Nikes all day long. I never wore dresses, heels, and all that. But she, she can romp her in the dress. Like I just. It's just it's like she's comfortable with her body, and mm-hmm. I'm like I'm trying to be like her. She's she she looks swollen as CC man, but she real. Right. Like, like you you can't lie. You know she be. Yeah. But like it's like it's just I just think that I think she's my black hero because she really she actually like she's comfortable with herself and she knows she look good. Me, I'm still kind of getting used to my body. Yeah. in my frame so yeah. that's what I think she's my hero I'm with it Lex what you got I'm here to mail something Mel's been listen the, the, I said from the jump we're here to listen I'm, the only reason I'm talking is just to, just to steer it along I had a question the last time for the guys, but I, I'll wait to the end. I'll wait to the end. Oh. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll let y'all do y'all's questions at the end, but this is y'all's for. All right. So am I next? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, I think my black hero, I have one that's, you know, kind of just somewhat like a celebrity. Not even a celebrity, but somebody that was well-known and somebody in my life personally. Okay. Um, I talk about the one in my life personally first. Uh, my grandmother. My grandmother passed away when I was about three years old. Mm-hmm. But she was a strong black woman um, in a in a city where um, there's a lot of diversity. But this city that I'm in um, started, you know, based off people that were racist. Right. You know, as is a lot of other cities. You know. Um, and out of all of that, both my great, my grandfather and my grandmother, they were both two black people in the community that really set the movement on something. My mm-hmm. grandmother was a black nurse, um, and she was one of the few. And she made a name for herself. Uh, she worked hard. Of course people talked about her. Of course people did things to sabotage her, but she worked hard and she made a name for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with my grandfather, a black, a, one of the first black and few at the time, electricians at the time. Right. So things like that speak volumes to me because of course they weren't like well known in the world, but they took their situation and they built them on them, themselves up by right. their own, you know? Um, but person that is well known probably be Nina Simone. Um, Ooh, I take nice. a music approach um, because when we down, when we're being shut up, first one of the first things we turn to is music. Indeed. Um, and music was a way to communicate. Still is, and I think that's why it's so powerful right now. Is what we put on our music is what we're communicating to our community. They're mm-hmm. listening, even if they're not understanding. They're hearing it every day. Right. It's playing over and over, and eventually what you're hearing is going to become a part of your life. Like I said, speak it into the atmosphere. If you're playing it, you're going to pick it up. Right. And one day, you know, without thinking about it, you're like, oh, dang, I didn't even know that was in that song. Right. I do it all the time, you know? So in her music, she spoke about things that were current, that were, you know, relevant at the time. 
Um, and one of my song, one of the songs that she she sang, "Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood." Like that spoke volumes to me, right? Because she she's saying, "Yes, I'm not always happy, but when I'm upset, don't think that something's wrong. Don't think that I'm being mean. Don't think that I'm acting out of character. That's just I'm human. I'm right. human. I'm a black woman, but I'm human. Okay. And just like everybody else." You know, I have my ups and downs, so please don't misunderstand me just because I'm being human. Well said. I like that. I like that a lot. Who's next? Jocelyn, you want to go? Yeah, I mean, I can go. I'm definitely, I feel like whenever this question is asked, you know, whether it's, you know, who is your hero, blanket statement, you know, and, you know, who is now your hero for a black female, I, I constantly always like to look at heroes from, you know, people I know personally. And I think like something that has been a, you know, we talk about just my family and, you know, my dad's mom, which is my Nana. Um, she unfortunately passed, you know, right before I got the job to move to Texas. And she just was such a woman of character and strength. And, you know, it's interesting, too, just to learn more about her legacy now that she's gone, mm -hmm. but also to understand the role she played in my life while she was here. But also, you know, recognizing, like, you know, when you're so young, you're just like, oh, yeah, like, she did this, she did this, she did this. But then you think about the time that it was when she accomplished all those things, or, like, retiring in the early 90s after being a member of like an educational testing service for 45 years as like a director, you know, and like being on, you know, a team of the local board of education, you know, and like having prominent leadership roles, you know, kind of like how we were talking earlier about like, you know, like that representation and being that person and like, it really makes you learn and think about what she signified in the community, um, you know, and like we don't live in that area where my dad grew up, but you know I did visit it a lot um, as a kid, and so it just is gets you thinking. I definitely value, you know, she constantly was always just telling me to dream big and go after the things, you know, and I think it was like those smaller tokens of push without being like you know, this is what you have to do, or this is what you need to do, this is what you're called to do. It's kind of like lying and paving the way, or not even paving the way, like laying a gravel roll road for me to pave it myself. And, you know, and so I like to feel that, you know, she's with me through this whole new journey, even though she can't come to physically visit, mm -hmm. she's here and like, we can get through this together. Like that. There it is. You. Who is your hero? I would say my mother. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, my mom is dope. Like, knock on wood, when she goes to heaven, God's going to look at her and say, I did a really good job. Right. Well done. Right. Like, my mom is dope. Like, um, I think that my mom grew up in rural Mississippi. In nine, she was born in 1947. They moved to Chicago in 1962. 
my grandparents were sharecroppers. My mother is, um, she's mixed. Um, and it was very difficult being the only mixed child of a black woman in Mississippi that has 14 children and you're the only mixed one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom, I mean, I've seen her fight and claw and I have 12 siblings, right? So, um, uh, my mom's dope. Like, it'd be my mom. And I think the next probably would be Desmond Tutu. Um, he's dope. Like, him and the Dalai Lama wrote a book called The Book of Joy. It's one of my, I'm an avid reader, one of my all-time favorite books. And he's pretty dope. And y'all laugh, but I love Mariah. I love Michelle Obama. Oh. And Bianca. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Those would be my top three. And then I really have an affinity for Cicely Tyson, too. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> are, like, that's my girl. So, I, but but if all them, my mom, man, because I definitely wouldn't be who I am without her, period. Well, the, the part that, that always kind of, you know, uh, it always just, kind of amazes me in terms of just how how weird how weird we are in terms of our treatment of of not just you no know, not just black women but women in general but really really and truly how how weird we are about black women i mean just you know some of the people that y'all mentioned um are literally some of the most popular if not the most popular people that are walking the planet right um Beyonce, by all by by all means, is probably the most popular musician that's walking the planet as we speak. Um, the same same thing can be said about Serena Williams, um, arguably the one of the if not the most popular athlete that is walking the planet as we speak, regardless of gender. So much so, I mean that I mean, I mean let's be honest. I mean, aside from but Michael Jordan and. LeBron James, she has a full center that's being named after her, you know, in the Nike headquarters. That hasn't been done by anyone. Um, Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods has one, but, but you know what I mean? But, but Tiger's Tiger right now. I'm trying to think of other athletes. Yeah. And that's Tiger popped in my head. Like, I think. Is he, is he a, say again? Is he a Nike athlete? He's a Nike athlete. He has, I mean, he, he's had one, but it, it's, he's had one, but it's not at this new, this new world headquarters. Um, yeah. So for, for me, it's, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Like how, you know, you could go down a list of the top 10 most popular people walking the planet. And I mean, I'm sure LeBron James is going to pop up there in regards of Tiger's record or, you know, all the stuff that Tiger's gone through, he'd be one of those, um, you know, you're going to be hard pressed for your top 10 athletes not to be at least 70% black. On top of that, in terms of just more most popular people that are just on the planet, I mean, it's going to be hard not to mention, it's going to be very, very hard not to mention Serena. It's going to be very hard not to mention Michelle. Um, you know... But I also think people forget Serena and Venus's, like, place in history. Yes. Like, they are historical yeah. figures. I remember them playing with them beads in their hair, and it wasn't cool. I remember. Oh, they got in trouble. Remember, they they made a big thing about them when they moved them out because yeah. they they weren't welcome there. Like, it, they make the strong argument they, that they are the, the athletes of the decade. 
Oh yeah. my gosh. Very, and it, it's, it's a good argument, too, because they shook yeah. a lot of things and changed a lot of things, and, and they didn't budge at all. Not, not and the dad was not for play play. Not at all. Nah. nah. Period. <laughs> so I nah. think a lot of people forget that, like, yo, Serena and Venus were... From they, Compton. They forget. Yeah. They're from Compton. Because all these these new girls, new girls of color interested in um, tennis... It, it, I, I would be very surprised if any of them would say the reason I play tennis is not because of Venus and Serena. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's impossible. Awesome. It's just, it's, it's, it's. I picked up a tennis racket when I saw them playing tennis. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Let's go back to the track field. You get a couple <laughs> rounds in. You know, you don't got to finish. No. You can, as long as you start. You know what I'm saying? I uh. I agree. I agree. At, at, you know, it's just it's one of those things, man. You you look back on on all that they've they've accomplished, all that they've done, and it's crazy because you you see, I don't even know when that flip flop happened, but you 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 saw that flip flop when because when when they first started, Venus was killing the game, absolutely killing the game, and then, man, I don't know, maybe it was like I think it's like that third or fourth Wimbledon things kind of. I, it was after that 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 uh the the first Olympics they played doubles, and Serena's came like with. Man, I used to be a huge Venus fan. I'm like, ah, you know, Serena's all right. And then just, it switched. And she took off and never looked back. And, like, honestly, he's one of the greatest when athletes. When played each other, I was cheering so hard for Serena to beat Venus. Because I remember Venus had every time. Y'all don't even know I was in there. Hey, <laughs> Venus used to be, whoo. I just feel like, I feel like, I feel like uh, Venus aged as an athlete quicker. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Venus technically is a better than oh, without a doubt, she's just she's. It's just like, I mean, but Venus, Venus is built like Joe, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? So she's got that long, like you build, like that's not sustainable, man. Not going against Serena. Serena's a she's a damn powerhouse. Uh, okay, so I'm a I'm a I'm a ask. Oh, I'm gonna ask this one because I like this one a lot actually. Um, how how do you build a community? Um with other black women and allies? Like, this is this, this is a question that Ian, Ian so graciously left us, uh, just in case he couldn't make it. Um, one of his questions were, how can you build a community uh, with, with you know, with other black women and, and allies? Are are there ways um, that, I mean, that you see yourselves being able to uh, to build, a, you know, a community, like with, with other, other black women? I mean, I'm sure there are, but, you know, what are some specifics that you can think of? Well, I have one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, me and my girlfriends have been friends since, I think my, my newest friend I met in powerlifting in 2013, right? Mm-hmm. But my, my my group of girlfriends, um, we met either, I was six years old, then I met a, some in college, and then I met Gwen as a powerlifter. Right. Um, but I think that that community, you have to have very like-minded people for future goals. It don't uh-huh. have to be like-minded in the sense of we have to do everything the same or with your future goals. So what 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 you see that your future being, mm-hmm. they have to align. It's kind of right. like you know when, when when your grandma used to say, "Don't marry that boy or that girl because they're not evenly yoked." Yes, ma'am. Right, and in building communities, I for one have been very very fortunate in my career path that pretty much everywhere I worked, I had a really really strong woman leader. I mean, and it's rare, like when, because I'm basically rare in my industry, but 
when I tell people that, they're like, how did you get this many women leaders? Because when I got on, I was looking for mentors. So right. that's kind of how I started, right? Like my girlfriends are my girlfriends. And then I started to build my professional, my professional group of women. And what you do is you find somebody that has similar goals or looks looks like what you want to be, and you ask them to mentor. And nine times out of ten, they will tell you, "Hey, I may not I, they not they may not have time to do it, but they hey, I have somebody that will be that right. has the time." So I think that's kind of how you start it, and then you just kind of build from there. I like that. But mentorship is two way street. I tell people this all the time: you can't just expect your mentor to do all the work. The mentee is probably the person that does most of the work in a mentor-mentee relationship because your mentor probably has 75,000 things going on. Right. And so it's going to be your job to keep that relationship afloat when you guys get to a point where it's going to become, I guess, mutually beneficial. Like I would like Jocelyn to speak on this one because I actually get to see it firsthand. Probably one of the best people that I've ever witnessed with my two brown eyes of just not only networking, but just um, they're, like there's certain people that you know you that you 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 that you watch and, and, and you have in your life. You watch like I mean, literally, I feel like she can make a friend with anyone that walks in the room. She will listen to anyone that has anything that they have to say. Um, makes everyone feel like like their their conversation is the most conversation, the most important conversation that's going on. And most importantly, she remembers everyone. I can't. I don't. I don't remember names like she does. That's why she's she's, she's the head honcho. Um, but I, I I'm interested in in, in kind of hearing hearing your thoughts on it because you've done such a good job just from from what I've been able to watch. Because again, um, you you came to Texas knowing no one. I mean, you knew me a little bit, but you came to Texas knowing no one. Um, like sure you have your group of friends and everything, but just watching you just you know on an, on an everyday you know basis at the workplace like. Y'all, I mean, she's she's as sweet as she can be, but she's an absolute beast, dude. So, like, I um, I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm excited. That's why I picked this one because I want to hear what you have to say. Um, how do you build community with you know with other black women? Because we are we we're lucky because we do have quite a few black women that work in the athletic department. Um, and and so like I've, I'm able to kind of watch her, you know, work the rounds and and and, and really just do her thing. So please, Jocelyn, you got to floor. Go for it. You're so nice, Ellis. That's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. I think the most important thing um, is people, like all people, want to be heard. You know, and and they might just be talking crazy. They might just need to get something off their chest. But I think in order to be the best leader, you have to be a listener. And, like, in a listener, an intent that, like, you are engaged in listening mm-hmm. not only just to listen to try to figure out how to find a solution because there's a lot of times where i open my door and you know open a book for a conversation and i might forefront if i know the topic and i'm like hey i most likely might not have the answer but i'm here right. you know i'm here for you and i think that's something that just goes a long way and you know and as it comes from like you know me being a people person or me being a coach you know i can like even think back into high school, you know, whether it was a dynamic of the way our team worked or like the youth age kids that I was coaching, like I would always be, I am very strong minded. I am, you know, if I know there's something, I know I have to work hard to get it. I know that, you know, you have to do 
good in school and behave and you can, you know, get the rewards of whatever you want in life. But I just remember having a, a situation, whether it was a friend or whether it was someone, you know, I was working with and I didn't understand their reaction. And I didn't understand their behavior and I didn't know why they were doing it. And I felt myself like have that out of body experience and being like, get out of your head and try to get into their head. Right. And like, and I feel like that relation is so important. And I think when we get to, you know, careers or if we get into leadership roles, sometimes we become so narrow-minded that we just want everybody to see how we see. And yeah. it's unrealistic. And I just think it's so important where I'm like, you know, and in, when it comes to cheerleading, like you naturally are happy. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but... It comes from a place, there's a difference of being a light switch, of being like turning it like turning it on and turning it off as in you're a fake person. Right. Or taking that approach of when to rise to the occasion, when to, you know, decide you're not tired and this is what you have to do, or to decide, you know, these are the people, you know, I want to engage with, you know, to bet not only better them or better you and I think it's a two-way street and that's what I tell all my athletes I'm like as much as you you know hopefully are learning from me you guys continue to teach me so much and as soon as I'm not learning anymore I don't have a purpose to be a leader I don't have a purpose to be a leader because if I'm not learning from those I'm surrounding my time with I can't relate I can't you know and I can't get the best from them or get the culture that we want or the the goals accomplished because it it all comes down to that you know level of relation and I think like with community and so with that you know you connect you know with others and like you said the people that are like-minded and and unfortunately like that's a big thing that I always say like you got to be consistent Mm. you got to be consistent with your character and I know if somebody is upset by something I did and I can self-reflect and know that I meant no harm and know that I meant no wrong. And I can go to bed without that gut feeling in my stomach. Then that's on them to maybe learn the experience hours later, days later, months right. later, a year later. And I just want you to have that light bulb moment and be like, okay, that's what she meant. Like, right. this is what it was preparing me for. That's what's up. Lex, what you got? I think Jocelyn hit on some really good points, and just when you're talking about your job and how you communicate with your athletes, it really mirrors what's going on right now in our world right now. Um, we all have one common goal. As a cheerleader, you have one common goal, right. you know? But not all of us will see how we get there the same way. Right. We may have, you know, we may rationalize with one decision differently than someone else. So like you said, listening, but truly trying to understand where everybody else in this community comes from. A community just living down the street from someone, I may have a different opinion than my neighbor has. Indeed. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we have to understand that to get to a goal, there are different ways to accomplish those goals. Um, being Having like-minded people may be for that specific goal, like, our general goal, and then we have one specific goal. Maybe we need to get with like-minded people to get this goal right. Right. But understand that there's no one way to do anything, um, and and to under, truly understand each other. That's how that's how the bond, the relationship in our community is going to get better. Um, especially right now, whether people are protesting, whether people are looting, whether people are rioting, 
whatever the case may be, I know personally, me, I'm speaking on my behalf. I, I'm not going to bust somebody's store up. I can't do that. Okay. But I can't tell somebody that they can't react that way because right. they may have something else in life that caused them to react that way. Indeed. Um, personally, me, I, I'll protest or bring social awareness because I know that I interact with some people on my social media. So I know if I post something, somebody's going to see it. At least it's going to cross somebody's eyes. Right. You know? So that's. That's really all I have about that. I like that. I like that. What you got, Jazz Um, So I think women are very prideful. Like, they think that they can do everything. Like, they think they'll be helping no man, no woman, a mom, dad, anybody. And then that's um, a big thing that we need to, like, change because we could we can do it like we're strong women but there's some point of time that we might need some help or might need a support system because we might be um i don't have any kids so i don't know how it is to raise kids pay the bills and then like i'm still in school like i paid for school and everything so i don't like i know how to pay bills but when it comes to parenting and all that, I have no idea how it is. Right. When it comes to parenting, paying bills, working, trying to keep your um, food on the table, there's a lot going on on this time. Right. But and then, but we're very prideful that oh, I need no help. Oh, I can do this. I'm like, right. but I can see you eating a grain of rice every day. Yeah. Like, but the thing is, I think we should maybe help, like you said, help the community. Like you should maybe go out to women and say, hey, what do you think we should change? You think right. we should like help and say, hey. You need, like, um, you should maybe, like, provide more food for your kids, maybe more money for your job, or maybe more time off to be with your kids, like, right. something like that. Because, cause like, there's some people who really need help. Like, there are some people who be struggling but still don't want to say nothing. Right. Like, I, yeah, like, like I said, I... Like I said, I don't have any kids out in Jocelyn on the team. I don't know if you guys have any um, kids or not, but I don't know how it feels to raise kids, have a baby, big, go through all of that. Right. I don't know. But like I said, we're very prideful, and I think we should like out, like say something, say, "Hey, I, I might need some help or like right. some guidance or something." Because when you like, when you're when you're doing something like when you're with, you when you're in like a certain spot and you're comfortable with their want to like over expand like you don't want to go to college you don't want to move out that neighborhood you don't want to do get that promotion you want to stay in that one spot because you're comfortable you know you're not prideful enough to be like oh i'm gonna do i'm gonna do better like i'm yeah. good right here like women yeah. like need to like like i'm not saying some, like not all women but some women most right. women like can are very prideful for like what they're doing now right but like i said we need to speak out more and say hey um i need a little bit of help with Maybe watching the kids while I go work and make right. some money. Well, right. I'll, I'll right. ask you this question: Why, why you on that? Do you feel that a lot of that pride? I can't. I'm not gonna say it's a defense mechanism, but a lot of that pride is developed, you know, as a result of you know being. I don't know the term being held down for so long, but maybe being looked down upon, being you know treated as lesser than. So that, I mean, one starts to develop more pride in what they do. So, I mean, because let's say you're by yourself. Maybe you're on your own. Maybe it's just you and your kids, right? Um, and, and you've been treated as such, you know, along the lines of, of you know what? You're not you're not able to do this. You're, not, you're unworthy for this. You can't do this. And you do get a point in your life where, you know what? I am providing for my kids. I am multitasking as, and doing as many things as, as physically possible. And I'm at a point, I'm at a crossroads in my life right now where I could A, go ask for help. 
or B, keep going and, and working as hard as I can with what I have, you know what I mean? And I mean, because you didn't want to help me before, why would I expect help from you now? Um, and, and I've seen, um, I mean, I, I've seen a, a few of my own relatives uh, that, that have, you know, kind of been, you know, in that, you know, kind of stuck, stuck in that, you know, that, that point where they, they wanted help, they needed help, you know, and they didn't receive any type of help, you know, and, you know, somehow, some way, not only did they educate themselves, but they put themselves in such a better position. And when they did get to that point where they kind of re, you know, they almost recrossed that path, that path in terms of the crossroads of like, I need help or I need to keep going. They chose not to get the help, but rather to keep going because they were not only were they, like you said, you know, prideful, Jasmine, but I mean, I, I felt like I almost feel like sometimes that pride is earned and, and it almost needs to be respected just out of the jump. I mean, and it's, it's their prerogative whether or not they want, you know, they want to ask for help or not. Um, it could be detr detrimental, I mean, to the, you know, uh, to them and the family, you know, in, in the long run. But I mean, it's it's hard for me, especially as a man to say like, well, man, you, you may you may need to ask for some help. You know what I mean? Like um, and that could be a huge thing in terms of, you know, women relating to women like baby girl. I've been there. I know exactly what you're going through. This this that would be something like, you know what I mean? Like. You know, with dudes, we have OG. OG will I'll tell you a lot of times, hey, man, that's not that's not the way to move. That's not, you know what I mean? That's probably not how you want to do it. And there might be, you know, you know, somebody that's gone through there, you know, gone through that or, or know somebody that's kind of gone through that to be like, hey, you know, this may be a time that, you know, that you want to ask for help. And even if you don't, I know that you need it. Let me be the one to help you. I mean, again, in terms of community, um, I mean, a man can only help a woman so much, but I believe women can help women more than a man can help a woman because of, the way that you can relate to one another, the way that you communicate with one another. Um, yeah, like, again. Yeah, yeah because. Women, huh? Go ahead, go ahead, please. Yeah, because women, we, like I said, we know where we're coming from, but the thing is, I'm not old enough to know or been through the situations that we're going through. I never, like, I, I wasn't like, because there's some women who, like, for example, like, if a, a couple of examples, like, what if a girl got pregnant at 13? Parents kick you out. What you going to do then? Right. Like the thing is, like they've been on their own since that day. Right. And so they're too prideful enough to go back to their parents. They kick them out. Like I can do this myself. Like I don't need them. Yeah. Like That or if when you like seventeen or eighteen, your parents die or something like that, like in a car crash, you by yourself and you have like two younger siblings. You need to provide for them. Right. Them and say, hey, I need to get a job. Anything necessary to put food on my uh, siblings' table. Right. Uh, is, I don't ask for no help. I've been doing this since I was eighteen. Like you've right. heard the, you've heard people say, oh, yeah. I've been doing this since I'm eighteen. I know how to do this. Right. And then there's another thing of people asking for too much. Like you it's men and women. Women is like, I need some more of this. Like, can you help me with this? Like, I, oh, you got it, you got it. Like it just it's just like you need to like not spoil them too much, but let them know like how life works. Right. Like you get what I'm saying? Like like I don't want, like I want to help women, but you know how some women and men are like manipulative. Oh like, yeah. They can say like, hey, uh, hey, like I, like can you do this for me and I do this, and then you doing most of the work and while I just sit back chill. Like oh, yeah. it's just, it's just like you're getting like, finessed. You, you got the people out there that'll finesse you for sure. I mean, exactly. So you need to know how to be like, hey, how about this? How yeah. about you do half of the work and I do the other half. Of the yeah, work. but then and that's like, I think that's where it's so strong. With the whole idea behind community is so strong because again. You know, it, 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 I'm, I'm a firm believer in it really does take a village. You know what I mean? And I, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, to be honest, I mean, from, from our, from our beginnings, man, we came from tribes, you know what I mean? And 
I do believe that, you know, that tribe mentality, that, you know, that village mentality is, is so important in terms of just anyone's development, um, men and women alike. Um, but I definitely feel, you know, I definitely feel like with, with, uh, with, with women, the, the ability to create a community, the, the ability to create allies, um, seems at least from, from my perspective in, in, from what I've been able to see, and especially with kind of watching Jocelyn, because again, like I literally have a living, breathing example. It, it just seems like it just creates that much more power because I do believe there's strength in numbers. Um, I do believe when you're, you know, uh, kind of like Tavia talked about when, when you're around like-minded people, um, with, with, with goals that, that coincide with what, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, um, to be bigger, better, stronger, and, and to do more with, with your life tomorrow than you're doing with it today. I do believe that, you know, that, that, that tide raises all ships. Um, and so, um, you're, I feel like you're less likely to be run over. I feel like you're less likely to be ignored because you are a, a, among amongst a bunch of people that that really want to accomplish something. So again, for for me, I think again, it's just me talking. I um, I think that's that's huge in terms of building a community and building those allies. Um, I do know that Lex, you had your questions. You asked your question, whatever. It, I don't know what it is, but I know Lex had a question. You asked questions because. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get ready to kind of wrap this up, and um, if we do have any questions that people DM'd or or, or messaged, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll get to them. You keep cutting in and out. It's dropping, man. You cutting out, Darrington. <laughs> Try it again. Nah, you cutting out again. But while he's doing that, let me ask you guys a question. Okay. So, okay, if you guys are living like a good job or whatever, right, and you have a, a, a boss that like, a white boss, let me say that, white boss, and he treats you like, okay, let me say, these are, this job pays you good money. I mean like $80,000, dollars a year, like good, good life. Like you support your family and mm-hmm. that. So this white boss, if he has so much power of you that makes you just want to just like make you just I'll punch a wall or something like that, uh-huh. would you guys keep that job to support your family or would you just move on? Like, I'm done. Because I'm saying this because I've been in that situation. I've been in that situation when I was making a great amount of money like a good amount of money, like a fresh out of college. Like I was like, man, I like this job. Like it don't pay much, but hey, it's good starting off. So I had a a uh, a uh, a boss that he he had like all types of certifications. Like he was a, a PT, he was a CS, he was this this. He was every every single alphabet letter was after his name. Right, all that. I'm just, I'm just a fresh college student just got this job, and he expects me to know everything. Like you know when you in college, you know maybe like. Yeah, that much and then like yeah. four years of this much like you know what I mean like and the thing is he kept talking to me like what's um like if you don't know my I'm in school for occupational therapy and he's a PT and so he'd be like what's the, the muscles of this what's this bone what's this I'm like I, I haven't took anatomy in like three years I just passed it and moved on but the thing is he talked <laughs> Like you, you yeah. don't, don't even lie to me. You know for a fact that happens in good school. But anyway, <laughs> but like anyway, he talks to me like I'm just 
stupid. He'd be like, well, you graduate college, I guess. So like, he talks to me like, yeah. like right. he just bad. But when right. I tell you this job pays good, like I can pay my car note, get myself my hair done, my nails, toes, and I still got some money to do a lot of stuff. Right. But the thing is, I couldn't stand going with this man every time. Every time I go there, like I want to get out of bed and be like, I can't, like, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not, like, I don't, like, I do want to go to work, like, to be excited to go to work. When I right. get up, I'm like, I can't deal with this man all day. Right. Like, like, so if you guys were in that situation, what would you guys do? <laughs> Eric, let, hey, go, Reggie, you're sorry. Let, let Reggie hold this one down. You got to read. Hold on a second. Yeah, so I kind of have some experience with that because the job I used to work at, like that boss was like, he was, he was off, man. Like he was just talking to people like crazy, crazy, right? So it is, it is hard, but like you have to have a plan, right? Because obviously, like you have to pay your bills regardless of the situation. So. You just have to come up with a plan, and when you go there, just like you know, you have to kind of, you have to ignore him, but yet listen to him, like to what can keep your job, right? Because you have to kind of realize with a lot of these like companies, there's people like who has all their degrees and all that, so they have a high IQ, but their emotional intelligence is extremely low. Like they can't manage their own emotions. They're not good at like gauging other people's emotions or like you know just stuff like that. So that's what happens, I think, a lot in America as far as corporations. You have these guys who know how to get the money, understand like the system and all that. But as far as managing people and talking to people, they're terrible. So <laughs> that's a pretty common problem. Right. So yeah, you just have to come up with a plan and then uh, just, just write it out. You know, that's... Now, is this, a, this a question for the men or the women? This is for oh. the... Well, both. You can, this is an open chat. Say oh. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all want to say. I just want to hear y'all's answer because I pulled it through because he was leaving like in a month mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, thank God. So, <laughs> and then like, and then like, a <laughs> yeah, no, man, someone would be crazy in it, man. They be, you know, when I tell you, I found out, bro, my friend went to like a smile <laughs> and I was so happy. Yeah. And like, but, but the thing is, that's beside the point. I just wanted to like, to like see what you guys would think. I mean, like working with this man or woman for like, for like years, like years. I want to see what you guys think. She has something to say though. She was mute. You mute. You had to unmute yourself. What you got? So, um, <laughs> she when I was slow. short, um, I think my voice was discounted a lot. But I'm kind of a bully, so I didn't really. It didn't really phase me. But I, in that situation, what I would encourage you to do, and I would tell anybody this. You cannot put a price on your peace. Thank you. Your divine. You cannot put a price on it. So, like Reggie said, you have to have a plan and to get out and get fast because your peace. It, it, I protect my peace at all costs, y'all. Um, and, and 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 you did the right thing by getting out. I'm you. you have. And honestly, sometimes even if you don't have a job, you know I don't. I'm a Christian, right? I'm faithful. So even if you don't have a job, if that gets to where your blood pressure is high, every day you got to walk in there and be like, man, I hate this place. It's time to go. Mm. And you got to have faith. I yeah. promise you, you cannot put a price on your peace. I'm telling you. Ooh, Lord. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's why I asked you. Was it, well, 
for the men or the women. <laughs> it's like, let me I was, tell you I what I was I literally going to say that. Like, yeah. I mean, hey. it's, at what point do you say my mental health is more important? I mean, just in our community alone, how many people, how many black people have mental health problems because of things that are going on in their life that they just trying to deal with? I'm just going, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to handle it because I have nothing else to do. I have no other place to go. Mm. So I'm going to just deal with it for now. And then that now turns into five years and 10 years. And you're dealing with the same thing, getting up, you know, going home upset because something happened at work. Getting up in the morning, your day already started bad because you just don't feel like going to work. I got to go to this job. You know, so just that mental health. And, and one thing is, too, also in the black community, Mental health is such a topic that is not talked about enough. Mm-mm. Especially mental health in our black men is not talked about enough. So many of our black men are suffering from some type of mental health issue and they don't get get it checked out. They don't talk to people about it, you know, and they carry that burden on their shoulders. And so when we talked about do we think our, our men or women got it worse? Sometimes I'm putting it on our men because I know how much baggage they have on their shoulder that they haven't let out because they're supposed to be strong or back to the pride, being prideful, um, afraid to ask for help because that's viewed as being weak. Right. Yeah, because I was just about to say that because men, like, they're, like, I'm saying women do got a lot of stress on them, but men, I'm not gonna lie, men got some stress on their hands, especially when you have a wife and some children, because you, because we, when, okay, so, when I see my man, I expect him to be the king, like, he provide for me if I'm in my, my lowest, like, I think, like, he can do anything, but that's so much pressure on a man, but they have to do what they need to do to get it to like to get to like let their woman or their children see that they even dealing with this uh this boss that treats that that makes you cringe and the thing is i think men get treated worse in jobs like that especially like higher up jobs because they just think oh black men they just they like you know like you know what i mean we all heard of it like and then but i think black women they do have it bad but like i mean more of like when they're okay, so they think women can't do this. Women can't do that. Only women is more like, like for example, women are more nurses than doctors. Like you get what I mean? Like they're more of that under than that than that top. Right. Like it's just they downgrade women very badly. Right. Like I'm, don't even like people are like no, not that bad. And yes, they do like badly. Yeah. And then thing is like even when they get up there, they be like, oh, woman up here, uh, she ain't gonna she gonna be here like a couple like, couple of weeks. Or they be trying to hit on a woman, like because I think women get more, especially higher up, get more like, um, what's that word? Um, at a job when you get like touched on and oh, and harassed and yeah, yeah harassed. Yeah. You get more harassed, especially by a higher up. And when you need that job, you have to say. It. But yeah. I think, I think if a woman gets harassed in any way, it could be like something that's sexual. It could be something that was like uh rude. Like you should be like uh uh-uh. uh. But the thing is, like, people ain't gonna believe women. Like, like they gonna be like, "Oh, she, she'll be all right." Like, I think it's both ways. Darrington, I feel like you got something you want to say. Wait, are you are you able to speak? <laughs> no, I'm not being funny. No, I was asking. I think it's something wrong with my Wi-Fi. No, you're good now. I hear you. You hear you now? You sound better. I hear you now. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, so it was it was kind of about the question that we had last week uh, in regards to how people who have friends of color uh, have this this type of conversation with their friends, and then also just why it never comes up. And I think for most of us, the, the answer ended up being pride. So I just wanted to know if it was the same thing for y'all, and uh, how would how would y'all advise people to go about having this conversation with their friends of color? Wait, I'm going like this specific or just this conversation in like in general. Yeah, so like we're having this conversation about how we can help other black people in the black community. Uh, so what the question was, he was asking, I guess he was a white guy, but he was asking how can he have this conversation with his black friends? Oh, I get what you mean. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm not gonna lie, I have a cup, I have some white friends, but I want them to be open with me, but be respectful. Right. Like, they can be like, hey, like, say what you wanna say. Like, I've heard of, oh, like, nothing affects me. Like, if you don't say the N word, we good. But it's like, it's everything, I think you, it can be open. If there was a white man out here or a white woman, I'd be like, be open, ask questions. Like, don't be scared of us. Like, we're gonna be honest with you. You be honest with us. But like, to be respectful, but be honest. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of been one thing that when I when I left off to college, I went to a small liberal arts school in Midwest Ohio. Right. Ooh. So, yeah. So most of the people that I went to school with were white. Right. Um, the only people of color on campus were some that were local and those that were on some type of scholarship or to play sports. That's how it was. Um, at that school, they did a very good job and a specific program on campus where we had these conversations mm -hmm. um, in a debate form. So no argument, uh, no type of... Uh, we try to keep the emotions to a minimum, but to have an open conversation and say, once we step through this door, we're going to say what we say in the most respectful way possible, Right. but we're not going to filter anything. Say what you have to say. This is the time to say it, and once we leave this door or this room, you know, we don't judge each other based off what we're saying in here because right. the purpose of being here is to understand each other, to, to find some type of common ground. And one thing I learned, matter of fact, my, my roommate, my freshman year, she told me right off the bat, the only black person she saw was half black in her life, mm -hmm. in her life. My, my teammate, he had a conversation with me and he had never seen a black person. And we stayed up till 5 a.m. having a conversation like this saying, when I grew up, my parents taught me that black people were evil. Black people were bad. I should not have association with black people. And by the end of the conversation, we understood each other because it was that, a conversation. You know, there was no hollering, no yelling at each other, but we knew that there was an elephant in the room and we just had to put it out on faith. Right. And I, and I mean, I encourage everybody, you know, I've been having that with my friends now that are not people of color or black people. Have those conversations. I don't care how hard it is because eventually it's going to come up. And you don't want to be having this conversation in the midst of people you don't know. And, you know, that that just goes left, right. you know? So just be open. I saw a quote 
that said, we can be friends and disagree on things, but our friendship will not dis- will not survive a disagreement on racism. Nice. And I think that uh, I was, I'll tell y'all, the last 10 days have been very, very tough. Indeed. Uh, I mean, very tough, emotionally exhausted. And I, you know, reached out to a couple of my girlfriends or whatever, and um, I had some real candid conversations, and I deleted a whole bunch of people. Because I, I, like, remember when I said protect your peace? You that includes shit like this. I don't, it is not my job to educate you on, on your racist behavior. Right. It is not my job to educate you on the systemic racism in this country. There are books in the library for that. So I just protect the peace. And I, I think that I did for my friends that reached out. I had a whole bunch of allies. They showed up and showed up. They, I feel like some of them went way harder than I even Man, thought. Man, listen. God. I, I tell you, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I had to go back and call, call my mom. Like, my mom's like, don't you say that. Like, some of my, some of my allies. I mean, you know, and I appreciate those friends. I appreciate the friends that actually did check in on me and say, hey, how are you feeling? And they I continue. Really kind of, I they, they continue to check in on you. It was, I was traumatized. Yeah. I will tell y'all, I should have never watched the video. I didn't know what I was watching. And I and I, and I, I still think I'm like having post-traumatic stress from it because right. I should have never watched the video. Right. Um, because I will tell y'all that I've, these days, I was more. I'm more Malcolm X than Martin. Tell Get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but Man. you know what? The thing is, I mean, it, it. I think it's like with with anything, man. It's it's a part of. It's a part of 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 the the education process. You know what I mean? And and as as, as bad as it is, and as as much as. You, <laughs> so what? Okay, that's better. Um, you were breaking up. Okay, I just said it, it's a—it's kind of a part of the education process in that, you know, while certainly you don't want to watch it, it's almost like you have to watch it. Um, Dude, in, 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 wish I, I really wish I had it because... What video are you guys talking about? I'm confused. George Floyd's death. Oh, okay. Yeah, like... Yeah, I, I shouldn't have watched it. Right. And I, I've been... Anybody, all my, like my brothers and stuff, I'm like, don't watch it. Like, it was... You know, I got, yeah. Oh, I, I I will openly admit I, I I read more about it than 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 watch. I watched little clips. Um, I had my sister watch it, and you know I was like, well, you know, I have the link. You have the link. Watch it and tell me where tell me where to stop it. You know what I mean? And so she, you know, and so at, at and I honestly I stopped it the first time I made it up. I stopped it when he was calling for his mama, and now it's like, well, you know, I already know. I'm like I'm as emo as they come. So, I mean, that's when I'm like, I'm bawling like a baby. I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to come back and watch it again. But in watching it all the way through, um, I was, you know, I, I always feel like things, watching watching stuff like that makes you callous, hardens your heart a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And, and it does kind of disturb your peace. But, you know, just from from seeing it and knowing knowing how, it's almost like I think we, we touched on it earlier, kind of knowing who you are, knowing the type of person that you are. Um I kind of knew how I would probably react, um, you know, knowing knowing the outcome before really watching the video. Um, so when I finally had an opportunity to kind of watch it, it was like, all right, 
Um, I'm not going to fly like I normally fly with it. Um, but, you know, the the rage that I think I initially would have felt, I, I I wasn't. You know what I mean? I just felt, you know, I felt more sick to my stomach. You know what I mean? You know, that I just watched the public, you know, watch the public ex execution pretty much. Um, so that I kind of, you know, approached from there. But what it did for me, at least, again, speaking for myself, was just, you know, I mean, none of this would be happening had, had I not watched it. Um, I wouldn't be having this dialogue with you guys in, in this capacity. I would be having dialogues with people, but not in this capacity. I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have the courage, uh, to, to even reach out to, to you guys individually. Like, Hey man, let's, you know, let's, 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 let's get something going to where we were, we're speaking on issues that we're having, you know, we're having more of a dialogue than we were before. Because I mean, I mean, I've been fortunate that I've, I've run into each and every one of you guys individually, um, you know, more than, you know, more than one occasion so that we've been able to talk, but Usually our talks are, are, are of a completely different nature. Um, it's not of this nature. Um, There's surface level stuff, yeah, right? You know what I mean? And so, you know, and this is, you know, how, how many, let's be 100 though. How many times, you know, and this is an open question, but how many times do you talk to any of your, you know what I'm saying, your friends of color, black, white, doesn't really matter, but how many times do you talk to your friends of color uh, about race issues? You never really do. Me and, me and my girlfriends are. We talk yeah. about, uh, I got a couple of people are but it's not but it it's not to, i'm it's I, i'll talk different. to you more about your faith than i will about your race issues you know what i'm saying like i talk like i think i have some white friends that wanted to talk to me about it and i'm like at first i was like why yeah because like you it feels like i understand you want to know more about us but like they want to know the, like the stuff that's unnecessary i'm like you need to learn about like what we go through and then like because honestly I think people should watch that video. I, it's bad. It's terrible. Like it's terrible. But people who are young, like younger than me, needs to see what like happens when when uh, people who have more privilege or power that do to us. Like that's like they need to know what's going on because if they don't, they can be like, oh, he died. I'm like, no. You need to realize this is actual proof evidence. This man died for like mm. suffered. Yeah, I and think the he, suffering, the suffering was the, the big part. I mean, because we... Yeah, and the thing is, yeah. there, was, there was no grown black man that going to scream out mama, who was on the... I forgot how old he was. He was 40 or some years old. Yeah. He screamed out mama, crying. People like, get off the He can't breathe. And like, he was begging his man. Wasn't even doing nothing on the ground. Nothing. He was in handcuffs. How can you get up with handcuffs? Like, you can't. But they yeah. just want to have that power to sit on his neck and say, you know what, he's going to sit down there and then shut up until he be quiet, then I'm going to get up. And after he shut up, he still didn't get up. It's just that people need to see what people who have power do to people who don't got power, which really irritates people. And especially, if you see this George Floyd challenge going on, dude, that was so disrespectful. Like, what's that? So basically, there is some people who... Um, People, okay, not a lot. White people, like white people who usually like gets down on the floor with their hands across their back, and then another white person gets on their neck and say, "George Floyd challenge." Oh wow, that's what? a challenge. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like it's it is a challenge, and then I'm like, you know what? this off social media right here. Like, th like this is like like I was talking to my mom about this, and I said that every in throughout history, right, every civil unrest every social change there's a catalyst and Till was that for the civil rights movement right mm -hmm. um i think that george floyd and we're seeing it you know right. i think george floyd did that 
for, for police brutality and just systemic racism in this country. Um, it, I told my husband not to watch it. You know, I was like, I, don't. Like, I took that burden, right? Brothers, I was like, don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Don't. Because I need my brother husband to know they are more than that shit. Mm-hmm. And that burden, that emotional trauma, I took that on me. I husband like that. I don't, my husband's a mailman and he delivers in a more than predominantly white neighborhood. Right. It's route, right? Up North Georgia. Oh Lord. I don't need my, I don't, I don't need him thinking about that while delivering. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I, I mean, and I, I feel bad saying this, but I mean, he's already, he's thinking about that before, before the video that, ever popped off. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, you that, know, the only thing that, at least for me as a black man, the only thing that changes, uh, you know, that that's different from, you know, Floyd being on the ground is that I can easily visualize one of, one of my black brothers and sisters, you know, one of my black brothers really being that person on the ground. Um, that's really the only thing, you know, that, that kind of changes. I, I mean, I, no joke, man. I, I, I fear, I fear for the lives of, you know, of all my little cousins, you know what I mean? Of, of you know, obviously of my, my dad, um, you know, my uncles, you know, like any black man that, that, that I know that that's on the move of any, you know, in any form of fashion, like I, I fear for their lives and I always have, you know what I mean? You hit, you hit a point where you I mean you see it enough and you, you encounter it enough. Um, and again, like, you know, we're in our forties. We've seen a lot. Crazy to say. We yeah. Have, like, we, yeah. I mean, like we're in that, in that, uh, like phase of we're like right in the middle right yeah. we're coming out with our, our values and then we also have the ability to use a computer yeah <laughs> so I, and i mean the thing is i mean you know i mean our our parents our parents and grandparents aren't so far removed especially our grandparents aren't so far removed from all that that has gone on and it's being 100 like if you dig a little bit further down you your great grandfather great grandmother either was a slave or pretty damn close to have been a, a slave so you know i mean and enough of those, I mean, and, and for me, personally speaking, like, I mean, I have that double whammy because I have, you know, I have one side of my family, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, they were, they were, Native, they were Native American. So then you have two different stories of struggle being passed on. I mean, so, man, when you sit at the dinner table, man, and, and you know, granddaddy starts talking, well, you start hearing some stuff you never thought you would ever hear before. You know what I mean? And. You know, you start hearing stories that have been passed down about stuff that I'm like, I never thought really, I mean, man, maybe, but you don't hear it in the history books. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to, I mean, all of that's been washed away magically. You know what I mean? So then you, again, kind of how you talked about educating yourself, like for one to educate themselves, man, it gives you, it gives you a bit of freedom that, that you don't necessarily have um, within the walls of, of, of modern education. Like, there are books that just aren't taught. There are books that aren't, you know, um, that aren't publicized. But there's there's a lot of content out there that, that people can get their hands on that can really open your eyes to a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, and and some people they'll never get that phrase like I feel more like Malcolm than I do like Martin. You know what I mean? Um, but yet still, those same people they will pop they will pop pop a you know a Martin Luther King. So if I see one more MLK quote on some stuff, I think I might lose my mind. Um, because at the end of the day, MLK was only one man. You know what I mean? What about Mark, Marcus Garvey? You know what I'm saying? Like, what about like, like? I mean, there are so many. You could give me a, you can give me a Mandela quote if you want. You can give me a Desmond Tutu quote if you want. I mean, there's there's 
there's tons and tons of 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 black leaders that that have you know that have really you can give me an Aretha Franklin quote, you know, um, but Martin wasn't the only one. But again, for me, that that always kind of dives into what you're saying about education. People don't educate themselves because I mean, it, it, you can you can be super you know, super general with it and just go like, all right, well, let's read up, uh, read on something on, on Martin Luther King. Martin wasn't the only person, you know what I mean? Like Martin was one of, of thousands, you know, that were really trying to set it up for civil rights. So we're trying to get people to, to change their minds. I mean, you know I mean? You can, hell, you know what? Give me a Langston Hughes poem. And I might be like, all right, cool. Are you working with a little bit of something? I mean, there's, there's tons of, of, of black people that have touched the lives of, 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 thousands millions even that i mean that can really can really and have really impacted the whole idea of civil rights um the whole idea of anti-racism um i don't know man i i don't know i'm i'm, I'm kind of going off right now i'm starting to get pissed off and i shouldn't um but x i, I let do, me ask go ahead go ahead sorry let me ask let me ask you guys this everybody so i saw a quote which i have no idea how to feel on this quote was you have to be fake to survive and yeah. I be was like, fake, fake, be so, fake and to I was survive. like, no, I ain't gonna be no fake. But then I was thinking, I was like, wait a second, I'm not gonna lie, this is a white dominant world, and I was like, you need to be a certain way to get where you want to be, like act like proper or talk white in a um a phone call like or a um or be like a certain way when you do an interview to get an interview. You can't like. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, I act like myself um, during the interview, but I have to say certain words or say a certain way or say a certain link, like not talk too much, like to get where I need to be. Right. Like, did you do you guys agree with that? I don't know if fake is the fake is a good uh, it, it, it kind of relates to the same quote. We have to hide more of our our anger uh, yeah like like i have to sit here and smile at your face or whatnot even if i don't like it because i know i'm not going to get away with the same thing that this person that's not dark a person of color right or what i so i am going to have to portray a certain amount of fakeness and ungenuineness or whatnot around even if i don't like you so fake would be the i i for lack of a better term, I agree with it because some people feel like, you know, you, you, it's life. You do have to, you got to live, you got to survive and whatnot. But at the same time, like she said earlier, you're you going to have peace of mind too. How much fakeness are you going to allow yourself to portray before you like, oh, I fuck that. Like, I'm, I'm not doing it no more or whatnot. It depends. It's, it's like with, with, with um, James Baldwin said when there's, to be a Negro in this country is to be relatively conscious in a, in a constant state of rage all the time. We have that or whatnot. And if you if you're educated enough, and that's always going to be in you. I don't carry that everywhere and portray it. So that that fakeness is yes, it's something that we do on a daily basis or whatnot to a degree. I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call it like you said. I wouldn't even call it fake because this one thing that I love about black people, because we could change it up. We could be diverse. That's why I said I love black educated people because you know the way I talk at home may be different than how I talk at work. 
You know, I go into work because I understand that it's a, prof- a professional setting. And not that I change who I am. It's just that I know I have to communicate to somebody that doesn't quite understand me well in a different manner yeah. so that they understand what I'm saying and where I'm coming from. So my message does not get misconstrued or I'm not misunderstood. I have to communicate that. And that's why I love black people. Because we can be educated. We can be diverse. Not saying anybody else can't, but we can be diverse enough where I don't have to be fake to you, but I know when I'm around you or when I'm talking to a particular person, okay, I got to leave that at home. But when I come home, you know, I'm talking to my family like I'm talking to y'all right now. But when I go to work, hi, my name's Alexis Walker. You know what I'm saying? It's not just fake, but, you know. It's being being professional. I mean, there's a professional thing. You know, it's not, I think assimilation may be the word instead of being fake. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I think just, black I just, are very good I, at adapting to their environment. Yeah, because I just read this quote and I was like, fake is a really strong word, but it kind of relates to like what we're talking about. Because like I could say maybe in a uh, you have to be professional to survive. People are like yeah, duh. But I'm like, if I'm from, <laughs> if I'm if, I, if I'm straight from the hood, but I work at AT and T, I can't talk like 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 you have to talk a certain way. Very good. Like, yeah, I get you. Like, me, like, okay, for example, like, me, I say certain words that my daddy taught me, like, okay, you know, like, this certain brand of food. I say like this. But when you over at the other side, you got to say it like this. Like, you can't talk like how you talk at home. Like, for example, you know, everyone know the uh, little uh, rice thing called rice aroni. I've been calling yellow rice for my whole life. I never knew what that thing was called. <laughs> <laughs> so, it and, is yellow. I mean, you're the It's you know, yellow rice. And the thing is, like, I never knew what that thing was called. I was like, I'm going to have yellow rice. <laughs> and I was like, people are like, what is yellow rice? Wait, why is LS laughing so hard? I know y'all got LS dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is yellow rice. Like, I don't understand why that's an issue. It's so, like, it's like yellow rice. It's just, it's just, I was raised saying that. Right. Or like, for, for example, like another example in Texas, we say buggy instead of shopping cart. Like it just, when you go, like, yeah. you have to like adjust. Like the thing is, if I fake, I have to talk my unnormal way. So like, it's like to, uh, uh like when I talk to someone else, cause they can understand what I'm talking about. Right. Like, I guess I'm going to say fake, but that's like changing your it's personality. Just, honestly, it's a different language. It's, to be honest, it's it's a different language. It's a different way of communication. I mean, it's just much like if you had a Spanish family, you know, um, you know, if you had a, a Latino family, they they talk uh, to each other in Spanish. Because I mean, you might have, um, you know, four or five, you know, of of uh, of their family members in you know in a group setting. Like, hey, you know what, you know, Tio uh, Tio, they Tia and Tio, they only speak Spanish, so I got to talk to them in Spanish. You know what I mean? But it doesn't mean like you're gonna go to work, you know what I mean, at whatever your respective place that you're working at and start speaking in Spanish to somebody that does not speak the language at all. Um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with your vernacular. I mean, you know, if, you know, you know, some black families, like, I mean, you speak a certain way to, to, to your mom and dad that you don't speak, you know, to, to your people at work. And again, for me, it's like, I don't know that it's fake, but for me, it's like, it's a uh, hell. I don't want to talk to you. Like I talk to my mom and daddy. You don't, I mean, you don't know me. I don't know you. You know what I mean? Like, 
I mean, I if I'm <coughs> if I'm sitting in you know in the you know the company cafeteria, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go up here and get this yellow rice. I want some. You know how pissed off I would be if they looked at me like I they didn't know what I was talking about. You know what I mean? So for me, <laughs> you know, it, it it circles back to her talking about protecting your peace because again, if I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna say it again for some yellow rice, and they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm gonna be ready to fight somebody. So you know, what I mean, again, so I, I guess I'd have to say rice aroni. I don't eat it anyway, but I just never heard it called yellow rice. And I'm, I'm, okay, I also kind of have a, a okay. Um, I I kind of think that especially now, more and more people are just starting to like, especially the younger people are appreciating just like you talking like yourself, right? Because a lot of that professional talk, that's kind of just like that's white people, right? Like even if you go on YouTube, like. In today's video, we're gonna do like that is that is white people like that's like you know that's that's not because like, I'm hearing you guys talk and it all sounds clear. I understand what you're saying, so I feel like oh, like more and more like people want that like okay, just talk how you talk, mm -hmm. and you know so yeah. That's I think the a big thing is and I it kind of is like we're doing a big circle right now is like you're talking about when you're younger and it's like what do you want to be when you grow up right and you know you have this image of what that specific job is and what they portray. So I think sometimes, especially then once now, fast forward, you're in college, you're studying a field, you have an idea of what you want to become and what you want to be. You feel like sometimes you have to emulate that personality, right. you know? And I think like something like, I know we've kind of even talked about the age gap. Like I know sometimes in, you know, you can get a job and, you know, there's even situations where they're like, oh, like you're very young. And so you feel when you're in this room with other people or you're fulfilling your role that you have to not only just act older or present yourself older, but make sure like you dot your eyes and you cross your teeth and yeah. whatever you're going to be presenting or whatever you bring yourself to the table. Because if something is not spot on or if something or if there's a question that comes up that maybe you're not prepared for it's not because you're unknowledgeable right. it circles back to your age and right. it has nothing to do whatever your topic is it circles back you know to your age and like you know when we talk about obviously when we're talking about the black community we sometimes circle back into different cultures into certain things but like for me too like another thing like now i've been living in texas for three years and i'm from new jersey you know you get associated with, you know, the Northeast, you get lumped together with New York. Yep. You know, it was 2013 when I was in college when the Jersey Shore was popular. Right. And, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, was friends with Snooki. And it's like, no, I'm not. You know, and so, like, all those things were so easy in different categories, whether it's men or women, whether it's black or white. Right. There's so many layers to the, all the people. And I think like that's like when, you know, we find ourselves in the workplace or working with a team, you know, we appreciate the different layers, you know, and that's the different experiences and the different upbringings and the different backgrounds that we find a common ground in a community. And so I think what's before us right now is, you know, that opportunity, you know, now that whether it is, you know, white friends that are reaching out, it's like, all of us right here, we have a different experience. Right. We have different emotional, um, you know, feelings that we've had, you know, for the past couple of days or maybe for you, it's uprooting things from years prior and different stuff. So like 
we can't even explain each other and kind of like how we said it's not our job to really explain to others but if we can help paint the picture they'll never understand yeah but they can you know like the word we've kind of been using is you can kind of associate or you can recognize i think that's obvious i think that's the best word is you can recognize that there is a problem right so you can be a part of the solution well said well well said uh, we might have to end it on I that. Have a question. That's fire. That is fire. Yes. yes many, I have a question. How many of y'all how many of y'all have an issue with your names at work? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, I make them say my name correctly every time. I'm not gonna lie, I don't even know LS real name. So <laughs> I've been calling you Ellis. I never knew your name. Leon. That is, that is my name. It is my name. Trust me, I ask him every year for our flights. Mm -hmm. I'm like, remind me and what I'm And every before. year, I get left behind at the thing. I'm like, all right, uh, I gotta, I guess my name doesn't fit. I do it right. No, I, the, the, the airport. Every time I go to the airport, they're like, oh, yeah, it doesn't match. You gotta go back. Every, oh, yeah. every year, I have to go back. Um, Yeah, man. The name, <laughs> like ah, I, I don't mean, even. My mom was straight up. I used to like not do it. My mom was like, "Nah, you better tell them exactly what your name is and how to say it until they get it right." Period. Really? And I really didn't see the significance of that until I began to get a little older. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, y'all not about to be chopping me up in here. Let's <laughs> let's get it right." Sounds <laughs> like actually odd. Like at work. You know, I've been at work two years, so now everybody calls me Tay, right? But it's really weird when I meet new people or like new people, new hires, or they come in and they're like, "Hey, Tay," and I look at them like, "No, this ain't that." My name's <laughs> <Tay."> <laughs> the question is like, is it, a, is it a spelling problem or is it a pronunciation let me, problem? It's, it's let me tell you. point blank. Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. Like me, my mom, like when she went when I was born, she told me. I mean, I, I don't mean to cut y'all, my bad. But um, I she I was she told me I want your your name is uh like a a multi culture name. It's spelled differently. She wanted me to be different, but it spells like you don't know if I'm white, black, Mexican. You don't know. And my last name don't help either. Like it's just like like it, I'm not saying don't. I'm like don't like. You you should you should rock your name. Like even if your your name is Bitch Terrier, you better say my name is Bitch Terrier. I hate you. Wait a minute, Bitch Terrier. Bitch Terrier. Get out of here uh, right now. No, 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 no. Her name is spelled. Think about it. Absidy. A B C D E. Absidy. All right. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> In the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun. Well, Thanks everybody for joining. Oh my god. Well, I tell you, you should rock your name. You like you were born with that name. You're gonna live with that name forever right. unless you change until you um, when you turn eighteen. But. You rock it like you like your mom or your whoever gave you 
that name for a reason. Right. Like you should rock it, even if your name is twelve digits long. Like you better rock it and pronounce it correctly, because everyone's your mama gave it to you. And yeah. I was like, because the thing is, everyone spelled my name wrong. I'd be like, no, it's Jasmine with a Y and no E and no Z. I spelled your name wrong. Spell it right. Registration. Oh yeah. Listen, I'm I'm a I'ma try to wrap it up um because I promised that we weren't gonna go what did we do last time? Three we went three or three and a half. Yeah, yeah, we had two hours Two hours. No, I'm saying that but last time we yeah, we were three last time, right? Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Shut up, punk. Aggressive amount of hours. Anyway, we yeah we had yeah far too much. Um, but uh, I I I want to thank you guys everybody for for one coming on two, you know just giving us you know, and and by everybody I mean you ladies for giving us just a, a, an opportunity just to hear you speak, uh, speak on what you know, speak on who you are, uh, speak on what you're about. Um, and I mean thank you guys for asking us questions, but at no point was it really about us really speaking on anything that's why you know most of us were just kind of chilling um i mean it means a lot to us you know i mean and, and i don't mean to speak for the guys but i do mean to speak for the guys in that it means a lot to us because that was literally our biggest question that that we had um in terms of what we want to address in terms of the black woman and what we can do to 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 be more supportive um and at the end of the day man i i know for for me it's 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 you know it's trying to listen just like we want you know uh you know people that aren't of color to listen to what we have to say to have a dialogue with what we have to say we also have to be willing as, as black men be willing to listen to what you um black women have to say um because at the end of the day i mean facts are facts you know and and you look at the facts and the facts definitely do speak of speak to the fact that you are at the very very bottom of the totem pole and so when you know when you look at it from that perspective man i mean a lot of changes have to happen but you know i'm a firm believer uh in in that if it's going to happen it has to happen at base level and every man will tell you home base is where mama's at um any male that's walking the planet will let you know home base is where you know pretty much where the patriarch's at so um if we can't take care of our women we we're we're absolutely doomed in terms of trying to take care of ourselves it's just not gonna happen um, and I feel like, you know, once we we get to a point where we, we don't allow our black women to 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 be forced to the bottom, to be disregarded, um, to be ignored, to be silenced. I, I definitely do feel that uh, we as a race completely uh, will, will, will rise up just that much more um, as a result of on. So having you guys on, um, at least for me, you know, my you know, in my heart, it it's definitely putting, you know, puts a smile on my face it puts uh puts a bit more joy in my heart man i mean we're in some dark times right now but like but again if we can do our part to make sure that you guys are exalted and that you queens are are, are treated as such um and that you're given support um you know i i feel like it'll help us i mean and i don't know like i i only i only speak for myself i mean i'm i, I tell jocelyn a lot man i have your back no matter what you know what i mean and so i don't i don't just try to talk but i definitely try to, to live the same life that 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 i, that I speak on um, so to each of you, um, thank you. I, I cannot thank, cannot thank you guys enough, man. This is, I mean, it's only been episode two, but this is definitely my favorite episode. Um, fellas, y'all got anything? Uh, I'm 
I'm just gonna pick up what you said, piggyback on what you said. It's I'm glad we got to get this perspective because we did speak on it. We we're like a week conversation without bringing in the actual person, people, what we're speaking and and with women and everything because we can't give a real perspective. We got to get you guys' perspective. And I, like she said, the age difference is a big thing too. You get to seize. Exactly. I would love to see Jasmine 10 years from now's perspective on I, everything I, she said today. Lord, <laughs> Lord. Wait, why me? <laughs> see, why, why me? Girl, why not you? Yellow rice. Because <laughs> 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 so, I'm the youngest? I, or like, yes. yeah, look, my, yeah. I, off topic or whatnot, but you, 20, 24 to 30, big difference in what you start seeing or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, this is a big deal because the reason why a lot of the time we're like, we say women or black women put on the bottom of the like the totem pole and everything and oppressed power struggle wise and everything because I mean and honestly and statistics can back this up. The reason why it's pushed like that is because it, it y'all also the most fear because pure ambition and, and drive or whatnot. If if it was the shift and it was no whole bars, and black women were allowed were allowed to excel unscathed. They're gonna bring the black male with them, and then it's over. It's over for the rest of them. One night, and it will be. We all know that certain people don't want to see that happen. <laughs> so, I believe that the dialogue and us understanding and what is gonna help that progress even more, or whatnot. And that's how I feel. So I appreciate everything. Well, thank you for having us. When LS called, it was just a no problem. So, yeah, uh, when, when, you put, when you were in my DMs, I was like, bro, I'm down, LS. That's a good talk having with you. So <laughs> I appreciate you guys. This is pretty dope. Um, I definitely will be tuning in for y'all next week to see what y'all got going on. But oh, like, yeah. LS, it's supposed to be spicy. Next week, I, I think. <laughs> I think next time, how about like we listen from what you guys think of like what we can change for ourselves? Because yeah, listen, I'm, let me, that's hey, let something me. that I'm interested in here. That I, I, I think I listened to how y'all kind of touched on that a little bit last week. Yeah, because I got the I got the uh, podcast from LS from last week, and that's that's an, it, some very interesting perspectives. Bro, it's <laughs> hard, man. Listen. That's what I got. There's some very you got hey what I, I said, but I was honored. I was honored. I was like, listen, for me personally, I always feel like, man, I'm not good enough. I gotta come correct. Man, you can't man, listen. You see, I work with Jack. I mean, I work with Johnson. What am I gonna do? You can't come half cock. You get chewed up and spit out. Like that's a whole nother hour of the show. Like yeah, I just want to. That's see a whole nother week of the show. Top, you have me. You have me. I'm. I'm gonna need a shrink sitting right next to me because you're about to uncover all kinds. Of, I'm un, un, all the. <laughs> yeah, man. It's you know. But but I I really feel like at the end of the day, man. I, I know for at least for for myself, it's always just it's saturated in so much respect. Um, because of the black women that I've had in my life that I continue to have in my life. I mean, I don't necessarily have a. I mean. Honestly, Joss is, Joss is the closest person that I have that, that's not family. And she's as powerful as they come. Like my mom's powerhouse. My grandma was a powerhouse. My sister powerhouse. I mean, so all the women that I come in contact with on a daily basis, you know, are they're just, they're powerful. They're powerful black women. Like, bro, man, listen, I can't come 
half man come half seven they get no way no way so but yeah like so that that's why it's so important to have you guys you know have you guys on it it, it does it definitely means a lot darrington do you have anything no that's it uh <laughs> thank y'all for coming <laughs> uh, i'm glad to hear y'all's perspective on it yeah this is uh no thank you reggie I thought Reggie was going to I got one here. thing for next week. Can y'all please talk about I want I want to talk about it today, but we got on a lot of other good, good topics. Yeah. But um next week, could y'all please just hit on I can't even remember if y'all talked about it last week, but did your parents or the guardians or whoever was that person for you ever have that conversation of what it was going to be like and what it meant to be a black man? Ooh, yes. Yes. We will, how about this? We will open. That is a burning question. That will be the first. Oh, man. Y'all. Because, because, because I'm not even going to talk about it, but because I, a few weeks ago when this whole thing happened, my brother's nine years old. Um, he, he also has autism as well. Mm-hmm. So very briefly, he asked me about what was going on. And that was the first. And we all have our moments where our parents may have talked about us, talked about it to us at some point. Uh-huh. And my heart stopped, and it stopped me in my tracks. And I said, "Lord, what do I say to this boy? Because what I say to him right now is so important. Mm-hmm. This is the life lesson in his life that he's going to need to know for the rest of his life. Rest of life. And and it's not a conversation to be had lightly, and it can't be skimmed over. It can't be brushed over." But you can't have it so much that you have them scared, yeah. and they scared to live their life. I will tell you this: so, with with, I mean, just kind of adding to that, I've had that conversation. I continue to have that conversation with my dad to this day. It's not a conversation that stops. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. while while you, there's a lot of weight that you take with it, there's a lot of importance that you add to it. Do understand that? I mean, you can continue. It's it's a it's a living conversation that's going to keep happening. That that they'll have to keep happening, um, because he'll get older and he'll 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 encounter a little bit different and a little bit different the older he gets. You know, I mean, as experiences grow, so um, don't be afraid of it. I mean, embrace that because honestly, that's 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 so many so many young men don't even ask the question. You know what I mean, they just you know again, I mean, just some just internalize and just assume that just kind of is what it is. If if you are blessed with that opportunity to have that conversation with them, don't shy away from it. Because you can keep having it. You know what I mean? You can keep adding to it because his experience are, you know, his experience is going to grow as he grows. You know what I mean? So, yeah, lean into it. Don't lean away from it. I have a topic that you may be going to talk about. Like, what if you bring a white man and a, and a white woman into, like, this? Like, they can see Oh, they're coming, mama. They're coming. They're coming. I got white men, white women. I want to hear their. I got white officers. I got yeah. I got yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, I want to like see because I remember when I was a kid, like I remember when I was a kid, like I had a a um a a white friend, like she. Well, today we still talk, but not like that. Like we used to when we were kids. Right. Like every time we always play dolls together and then and then every time her mom comes over, she she like scoots her like so close, like. Just like in her mind, she's like, "Don't play with that girl." Like, and yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. "We've been we've been with each other since first to fifth grade. Like, yeah. what's wrong with me? Like, I haven't done nothing. Like, I live in a good neighborhood." She just, yeah, and I'll be wondering why. Oh, and yes. so I finally asked her. She was like, "Well, back in the day when she was in college, she got assaulted 
quote unquote assaulted by a black man. And then she assumed, and then she was like, I don't trust black people. I'm like, do you hear did you hear the whole story? Like you said assaulted, but that could be anything. That could be a black man be walking past her and she got scared or yeah. something else happened. Like, I'm like, do you know the whole story? Because when you're a kid, your parents tell you the little bitty things. When you actually know the details, you'd be like, bro, I never it, thought of that. that. I didn't even think of that. Thought, so yeah. We were talking, so I'm like, why don't you just bring like a white yeah. man uh, or a, poli- a police officer, man, yeah. I would definitely be hearing that. Yeah, like, man, I wanna... yeah, reach out to a couple. Uh, yeah, man, any questions that, I mean, that's in there for anyone listening. Like, any questions you guys might have, just DM me. You know what I mean? We'll put them in there because, I mean, for the most part, we just come up with the questions beforehand just to make sure that, you know, people have them and, and you know, they can hear them. And if anybody in the message board wants to ask, they'll, they'll type them in there. But, yeah, if you have questions that you want us to address, if you shoot them our way, we will, man. And, um, yeah. Yeah, next week will be dope, too. I'm, <laughs> oh, man. I'm excited. All right. Well, yeah. thank you guys again. Um, if, you know, uh, if you like Jasmine, where, where can you be reached? Social media? Um, you can reach me at uh, Instagram, Jasmine, J-S-M-Y-N, and then Pen P-E-N-N. I'll be on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Jocelyn, where can you be reached? You can reach me on Instagram to uh, J O C E Y D E A R. Alex says, Where can you be reached? Uh, y'all can find me at lex.list, L E X X And Octavia, where can you be reached? I can't. You know how I feel about it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I knew it. I, before I even got there, she was already shaking. Bro, she was already shaking her head. No, she was already shaking her head. No, before I even got to, I'm like, oh my. You already know what it was. I know, but it. I mean, I would but I didn't want to be like, man, don't ask you. And then you're like, man, you didn't even ask me. So you know, I was gonna get murdered anyway, y'all. I was gonna. I'm damned if you do, damned if you don't. Everybody already knows the boys. You know where to reach Reg. You know how to reach Derek. I'm friends with at least. Four y'all. <laughs> and then for everybody on this call, you can find me and Ella. He tagged me in his uh Look at you don't even look at being lazy when it shouldn't even care. Well then well then I'm making I was with mine talking about friends already with Darrington. I'm friends with you like I like in jazz, like I you know she's a she's a find find her on the interwebs at your own discretion. You guys give me an email. Thank you. People don't use email no more. I'm sending you an evite for a friendship. Um but yeah, you guys, y- y'all, <laughs> thank you guys so very much, man. I um, I can't thank you enough. Like I said, uh, we'll be back bigger, stronger, blacker next week. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I guess that's it. See you guys later. That's it. Bye, y'all. Thank you.